Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you listen to this the day after Strickland Podcast Network, I'm Sam. I'm joined by Schwinn. Knicks win a unnecessarily close one. Um, 116 to 114 versus the Atlanta Hawks. Before we get into that, though, the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, which already passed, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime head to the bet online app today to get in on the action don't forget to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so um yeah knicks win 116 114 versus the hawks no rj barrett once again dealing with a i guess severe migraine at this point um just gotta get that checked out um I don't know but, about migraines. You have any yeah. migraines? Have you had a migraine? I do you get migraines or like you've had a migraine? I've had a migraine before, but like it's been a while. But yeah. Yeah, I, I've um, never had one. So people tell me they're awful, and I'm just like, I have no like like I have no basis to even understand how bad it could possibly be. Yeah, it's it's like a very, very it's like a very, very severe headache that's like it's bad. But yeah, I guess like for him, I know they, they shouldn't I don't know if they really last this long, but I guess it's really that bad for him. Um that he can't play. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess we can start with one wearer of the Skechers sneakers. Um Schwinn, you talked about um, you know, we haven't seen a game from him where, you know, like he really got us going in the first quarter like he used to last year. Um, do you think this game showcased what we've kind of been missing this year from him in terms of that first quarter scoring? Uh, yeah, I, the, best, the best way I could put this game, I mean, yes, to, to answer your very specific point, yes, this was like the first tone setting first quarter i think that he's had all season really uh in a positive way in a positive way um but but he the best thing i can say about this game and i mean this like very very genuinely i've talked all season about how like hey like if you're not gonna play good on defense that's okay but then you have to play like a star on offense and today i did not think he played well on defense and I will tell you one thing, I am not going to mention that at all because he played like a fucking star today on offense. Uh, not just the first quarter was great because he was scoring at a high clip, had a little bit of a low in the middle two quarters. And I do think that's still like definitely still getting his legs underneath him. Um, but and I, I got to say, I'm stunned to be saying this. Uh, so everybody, you know, uh, what, what does Bill Simmons say? Nephew Kyle, get the TikTok camera out. Um, like. I thought Wally made a really good point during the broadcast. Um, Wally dub. Yeah. Rare Wally dub. He brought up that dunk that he had, or that finish that he had in Okongwu underneath the hoop. He started flexing afterwards a little bit, was feeling himself. And he talked about how like, those are the kind of finishes you need to have when you're coming back from an ankle issue and you're kind of like, maybe not fully confident in it yet. 
I thought that play and the the one right before that were like quickly fed him uh, cutting down the lane. He just dunked it. I thought those were really, really big for him. It felt like he got really like a lot of confidence from that. And all I will say about the fourth quarter is I don't even know what, how many he scored. I, he had that one three and I don't know if he's, I think he had a layup after that. Um, I don't think it, it doesn't matter to me. I thought he played great in the fourth quarter. He was super unselfish. He made good reads. He did not hold on to the ball for way too long when ha- when help came. I don't think he forced. I think he made he took like that one weird fading jumper, but I didn't even hate that shot. Like I thought that was a fine shot for him to take in that moment. Um, I thought he played a really good game. So kudos to Julius. Uh, I did a little show with uh, with uh, Ace uh, DJ over on Knicks Film School before the game, and uh, I mentioned that I thought, you know, say whatever you want about the rest of the team, but. Brunson and Randall had not played like stars yet this year. Like they had not really done it. And I thought tonight Julius absolutely did. And Brunson, I don't know what the hell was going on with him for like from the end of the first quarter until the Knicks went down eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, But after that, he was just like, I'm never going to miss a shot again, by the way. He was great. He was great down the stretch. Uh, and, And this was a really big win for them in the sense of like, they were, I mean, you, I think if you took a poll of Knicks fans, how confident were you at when they were down 101-94 the way they had started that fourth quarter? I, I would have said, like, I don't know. What do you think? Like, 97% of fans would have assumed we'd lost the game. I thought they showed a lot of character. I thought they showed a lot of heart. Um, And, like, all of them, really, really, like, I, I thought this was a really competitive victory. And I know, like, there are people that are upset, like, oh, they're in the second end of a back-to-back. I'm like, okay, you were down R.J. Barrett. You also went down Quentin Grimes on the stretch of the game. That, ironically, I don't mean this at all as a knock on Grimes, so I actually think he played a pretty good game, aside from, is he the worst dribbling two-guard in the NBA? Maybe. <laughs> uh, but, but like, I think they maybe benefited from that because I don't know if quickly closes the game if, if Grimes healthy, and they needed quickly. And I think you saw, like, I think it, it says a lot about whatever you want to say about Tibbs, this idea that he doesn't trust or doesn't love and doesn't care about Emmanuel quickly is ridiculous. Like if you need any more proof of that watch every possession, they ran down the stretch in the fourth quarter today. The first play coming out of a timeout after they fell down seven was a design set for quickly to get an open three at the top of the key. The rest of the quarter, everything they initiated involved throwing the ball to Julius and him and quickly on the same side of the floor, running two man action. That's that was the entire game. So if you don't, again, Tibbs is weird. Don't tell me Tibbs doesn't, like doesn't love Emmanuel quickly doesn't value him clearly does um but forgetting that like i do think both randall awesome brunson i, I don't i don't know about awesome but he stepped up kind of in a moment to. yeah when he needed to and honestly in a moment where it felt like he was done for this game like it just felt like he he was putting way too much pressure on himself and honestly to, to some extent like that is a luxury you have when you have a player like emmanuel quickly where okay brunson's struggling let's put him off the ball for a second and let's have quickly run this two-man game with with Julius. That's a luxury you have with guys like quickly and obviously Brunson or not, RJ wasn't healthy, but you have that luxury with RJ Barrett now too. And um, the Knicks have a lot of weapons, and they needed them tonight. And uh, also, gotta gotta say again, huge, huge, fucking, just absolute Sam Cassell levels of big ball dancing performance from Mitchell Robinson tonight. Oh, awesome that hustle play, getting that he, ball, kicking that it to play was hard. awesome. He made Clint Capella look like a fucking child today. That was incredible. Mitchell Robinson. He's basically invisible. 
kudos Mitchell Robinson amazing amazing performance from him an amazing start to the season yeah I mean this goes back to my point especially with Mitchell Robinson like how he has completely absolutely dominated um it seems almost every center matchup this year um and like this was a that it, this was a concern in previous years of you know with, can like are there certain matchups that are going to give him trouble um so far this year there hasn't really been any like even with the Porzingis matchup like the first one it was or whatever but like that last one was pretty I was pretty okay but for for the most part most centers that have given him problems in the past he's been pretty good with um so that's very encouraging um oh there we, there we go forgot to format it thanks <laughs> um but that yeah sent me a reminder <laughs> <laughs> of course he did um but yeah i mean this game also while it was great to see julius get back um you know to his all-star all nba form ish it does this game still does show a little bit of you know um why we miss having rj barrett um in the in these games um is it now both both games versus atlanta that he didn't play in them um no bear played in the first game he did yeah 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 that was that was one of his best games um, of the year um but yeah i mean yeah this game really showed it's so weird how we end up in these like weird shootouts with the hawks um their wings always cook us like it's it's very odd i don't know what i just gotta say like for a team that's been so good defensively this year um for the hawks to be your kind of kryptonite is weird. it's not it's not just that they were so sloppy and they have been and this goes back to last year and this is something that miami killed us in during that playoff series we are so sloppy matching up after made baskets or on any type of push the other way like yeah. we're so sloppy about it i, I both how, how many points did bogdanovich score just because we did not match up on him coming out like after we scored or didn't score it didn't matter like there was one i forgot who it was we maybe scored a layup or something and then he just got a wide open corner to three i think it was even that didn't get back and it was just like i i there's like nobody else you gotta you gotta worry about but also like again I, i'm I, I i said i will not criticize him so i will not i would just say that sadiq bay did get his game off during the second quarter unfortunately bro it's I mean, Jeff brought it up last time. It's very smart for teams to, you know, have involved this individual that you will not name in in actions off ball to make him, you know, because they know that he's going to leave guys open to shoot. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of it's so funny. Like I I just want to see how many games off ball shooters are just going to have great games because this guy con- consistently loses this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought. And you know what? Like, I, I will say everybody tonight contributed in some way. It was not a perfect performance, right? It was not. Yeah. Like, we just talked about a bunch of things that they fucked up, right? But, like, you look up and down this box score, every single player on this team contributed tonight. Josh um, has moments. Except for maybe Deuce McBride. But that doesn't count. He got one minute. That, that's not, which, that b- which to, to, to my thing, is, like, <laughs> did they did, did Dibs just not trust him? Or, like, does he just not respect the Hawks? <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know just what like, that hey, is. He's like, hey, Deuce, get some run versus the Hawks for a little bit. And he's was, like, you know, just, versus the Celtics, no way. That was just really weird. I don't know what that was about. Um, if I was Give Deuce, I'd have, been, minutes. I would have been pissed if I was Deuce. I'd have been like, bro, I got to fucking shower now after this shit like really <laughs> fucking waste my time with this shit um 
No, I thought, like, you look up and down this box score. Again, Julius, obviously, 29-10-8, monster performance on the stretch. Only one turnover tonight, too. One of his most under-control performance of the season, if not the most. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, don't even need to say the numbers. It was obvious, but six points, 15 rebounds, six offensive, three steals, one block. Steel machine, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Jalen Brunson, 24 points, eight assists. Obviously, six of 10 from three. He like, he this, he shot six of 10 from three, and he was two of nine from inside the arc. I don't know what's going on with him from two this year. Um, I'm happy the three-point shot is cooking, but at some point, I, I'm going to need this guy to like remember how to make layups and mid-range jumpers again. Man, cool. the amount of layups we missed tonight, man. That was just insane. Yeah, quickly smoked one, too. Um, Josh Hart. It's, it's the DiVincenzo disease. Yeah. Which, Josh funny Hart, enough, he had great finishes tonight. Yeah, he did. He had a couple. Josh Hart, nine points, eight rebounds, five assists. I still am a lot. I'm doing a lot of no, 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 yes with him. Um, but he looks a lot better. I thought he started the game today really well. I didn't even give a shit that he bricked that first shot because he didn't hesitate on a corner three. Um, but I just thought he kind of set the tone early, got the Knicks off to a good start, really liked his game. Um, Quentin Grimes, 11 points, three, three of seven from three. Uh, Hartenstein, 11 points, four rebounds. One steal, like seven in seventeen minutes. One nice minutes. shove of Trey Young after yes. the, the whistle. Yes. Beautiful shove of Trey Young. Uh, Dante Divincenzo, six points. I'm waiting for this guy to get three ball going because I know it's going to happen at some point. Six points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals. Honestly, I, he had four turnovers. Two of those weren't inbounds. I, just take him off inbounds. It's clearly not his thing. Um, Manuel quickly, twenty points on eleven shots, four assists, one steal. Like I, I just thought you got cont- contributions everywhere. Not. Like, I mean, even Randall, right? Like, but n- nobody played a perfect game. Um, so they needed everybody and they got something from everybody. And that is why they came out on top. Um, yeah, they, they just played a really effective game. And, um, you know, was it perfect? Absolutely not. Are you maybe lucky a little bit that the Hawks caught them on the second half of a back to back? Sure. Um, they also did get like Trey Young, who didn't play yesterday fresh, whatever. I don't really care about the back-to-back thing because it's not like anybody has sympathy for us with our all our fucking backs-to-backs, so fuck them. Um, I, I just think, like, look, Vegas had them as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The Hawks, this is always going to be a close game. You're on the road. Atlanta's kind of started the year off pretty nicely, so to get this one uh, is really good. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think – the Knicks are now three and three away from home. They continue to be a solid road team now for the third year in a row. What looks like it'll be the third year in a row. Um, so yeah, just you know, honestly, hats off to the entire team. I thought they played really well. And I thought Tibbs, I liked his rotations today. I thought he was really this was a lot better than what we saw in the Celtics game. I thought he Oh yeah, he, no 42 minutes of Josh Hart. Yeah, and it's just I just thought he was creative. Like I thought I liked kind of how he used quickly, how he used DiVincenzo, how he used these guys coming off the bench, specifically those two, I just thought he did a really good job of kind of blending them in at different points, uh, mixing up Josh Hart Grimes with those two guys. It was just a really good coaching performance for him. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of credit considering how much we shit on him when he gets things wrong. Do we think that because like, like, do we think versus, do we think it's because of the um, the opponent that like he does things a certain way? Like, because like versus the Celtics, he obviously coached that game. Like, he had Josh Hart playing all these minutes. He was super concerned, I guess, with like the matchup of the wings or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, like... I mean, I, I do think some of it's like the Hawks don't have physical wings, right? Like DeAndre Hunter is about as physical as I am. Uh, Bogdanovich is just... Like they have guys that will just light you up. Yeah, he's a really good shooter, right? But he's not going to like body you down low, right? Sadiq Bey 
you know, hits the gym for no reason. Like they, they just don't have guys that are going to beat you up. Down Even Jalen Johnson, who I like, he plays with force, but he's not somebody you're going to like throw the ball to and he's going to back you down. Right. Like it's not like a Julius yeah. situation with him. So I think for that reason, like it was easier for him to like play smaller lineups and, Oh yeah, I'm going to close with quickly here. Right. Like I, I think he was able to kind of do those things um, and, and get, to that conclusion a little bit earlier. I will say though, like there's something to be said of you don't always need to consider how you will match up with your opponent. You can also consider how they will need to match up with you. And I'm not, that's not to say like, Oh, if you had played quickly against Boston or we would have won the game quickly shot like shit in that game. It was one of 10, right? Like we probably wouldn't win that game anyway. I just think it's something that to consider for him more often, because I feel like he's often very, very focused on, how do we match up defensively with this team? And, Reactive as opposed to being proactive. Yeah, and, and I just think, like, I don't know if tonight – like, even if even if this was another case of him being reactive, I feel like, in general, I just think his, his decision-making as a coach this year, like, has been a lot better. And tonight was another game where I thought he coached a really good game. Um, I will bring this up because Tyrese made fun of me for um losing this bet. Um, but yeah, shout out to um Julius Randall. He had a good game, but didn't oh, get that up. one point that I needed. You get you had a you needed a thirty ball from him. Yeah, I, I you know with Fanduel they have live same game parlays, so you can take guys points live during the game as you're watching the oh, game. Fanduel, so. uh, not not uh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> Not my sports I, book. I I use <laughs> multiple sports books, by the way. <laughs> Probably too many at this have point. Have you have you gone on the ESPN one yet? With the yes. new have you did you use the uh, free bets they gave you? Um yes. <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't win because I don't know what the hell you got. Yet. No. <laughs> I did not. Uh, uh yeah, no, I yeah. Uh Julius, I'm surprised you didn't bet the under, so I guess. Cool. Nah, I, I I noticed the streak that he's been on. I know Atlanta's a good matchup for him. They don't really have anybody that guards him pretty well, so I was pretty confident. Especially watching the game, I saw that he was on his way for, um, he was on pace for it. Um, but you know, if he got like one more free throw, he would have got it. Um, funny enough, um, whose unders was I about to talk about? Uh, uh, this is from Nafi Malhuda, best win of the year. No RJ and and ATL is a playoff high-end play-in team. Yeah, I think I think Atlanta, like, I know that we like to just shit on Atlanta because that's a big part of what we do here. Um, but I've been, like, kind of bullish on them prior to the season. I like what I've seen from them outside of those first two games, which were just weird. I don't know what that was about. Um, but, like, they... I think they're going to be the sixth seed. I think they're really talented offensively. Um, I, I think like, look, it's fun. It, we can make fun of Trey all we want. And I know he didn't shoot the ball well yes, last year. I just have a hard time believing he's going to shoot this poorly from the field the entire year. Like, it, it, I just, I'd be surprised. And I would welcome it. Yeah, I would be happy about it. Um, especially, well, as long as they get 43 wins, I'll be happy about it. Um, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but like, I think DeJounte's played a lot better this year. I don't know what the hell was going on with them today. It was just like, but credit to the Knicks for their good defense on them. And it, I guess maybe that's maybe that's why a lot of these other guys were killing us. We were really focused on shutting those two down. But like, um, yeah, DeJounte's played really well this year. I don't know. I, I just feel pretty good about their team. Like, I think, you know, Jalen Johnson, we talked about him. He looked really good tonight. I'm kind of surprised he didn't play more. 
Um, how many minutes did he even get? I was he even on the floor down the stretch. That was uh, weird. I no, guess I think, played, I think they took him off the court. Yeah, I guess he played thirty-one minutes. I mean, their starter, that starting group though, is not something. Is can we be real? DeAndre Hunter sucks. DeAndre Hunter's terrible, and uh, they should probably start Bogdanovich over him. But the funny thing is, DeAndre Hunter has had like four straight twenty balls versus us. Like he constantly know, kills us. Yeah, I think him and RJ have a little thing, right? Because they're in the same draft. So yeah, they get like motivated to play each other, um, which is like you know maybe they should tell him that he's playing RJ every every game. He might show up every now and then. Uh, Trey Young had seventeen assists today. I don't remember like any of these. There I like, really I don't either. I, That's I the remember, funny thing. I remember the kid one really nice pass to to Capella on the lob or Okongu, whatever it doesn't matter. One of their centers on the lob, and that is the only one I remember. That's it. Like I don't know how he got seventeen assists. I feel like this is a elaborate troll or something. That the most fake seventeen assist game I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, like, by the is way, that Nick's, like Atlanta's stat correction, like are. are, are, are I don't know. Are, are they are they are they gassing up the assist for him? <laughs> like the the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing. Yeah. Um. By the way, Knicks twenty nine assists tonight. Uh, like that. And this is the first time I think the uh, the starters really got the ball moving well. You know, eight assists from Randall, eight assists from Brunson, five from Josh Hart. I I, I just think that like that was a really good sign. They had um they had twenty two assists as a group. Quentin Grimes chipping in one. Um, one thing I. <laughs> Is it just me or was Hartenstein like feeling himself a little too much today with some of his finishes around the rim? He tried like a right-handed jump hook at one point. I was like, all right. He's buddy. definitely been trying some shit early in the year. Um, I, I don't, this guy, I'm not even going to read this comment. This dude just like hates Emmanuel quickly. He's like, I oh, see the comment. Yeah. I don't know what you like. Why would you switch against Trey young? I, I don't know. Probably because like, that's a very normal thing to do at the end of games. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. Trey Young, awesome game. Whatever you want, have at it, buddy. Um, all right. Wait, wait, what? Wait, I got to check Trey Young's box score because Trey Young, Trey Young cooking tonight. Uh, all of his 15 points on 12. Shots oh man! Three throws. Um. Yeah. So I don't know this this guy. Like we just won a game and. Uh, just wanted to come in a game, by the way, quickly had 10 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter. But yeah, let's come in here and start cooking uh, his defense. What a fucking weirdo. Get a life, dude. Um, all right, moving on. Oh, uh, my God. The, Bull, the Bulls, I thought the Bulls were down 17 at one point. Wasn't it 53? Uh, no, they lost by two. So Orlando oh. nearly blew it. Uh, anyway. Exactly. Yes. going to be on his way out. Hopefully, he won't be here, though. <laughs> yeah, but look, they like again, they just played really, really well together. And again, nobody was perfect, you know, like quickly wasn't perfect. He committed two really stupid fouls. Julius Randle, not perfect, right? Like Br- Brunson, not perfect. Honestly, the only guy I think you could say like played a perfect game would be Mitchell Robinson. I, I, honestly, I mean and that. Uh, almost every game he plays is perfect at this yeah, point. Yeah, he's just playing at such a high level. And and this I mean this, this is not an insult on Arn Hartenstein. But last year, there was a lot of like, wow, it's so nice having like two really, really good fucking centers, 48 minutes. This is great. This year, I'm watching it and I'm like, Hernstein's good, man. But you can feel the difference when when Mitch is out there right now versus Hartenstein. And that is 
not a knock on Hartenstein. That is just a total compliment to Mitchell Robinson playing at an insanely high level. Just, I, I don't know. If you were giving out an MVP for the Knicks right now, I don't even think it's close. Um, it's him. RJ's obviously, maybe if he comes back and plays the way he has been, he would be in that conversation. But played 11 games, RJ missed four. Mitch hasn't, like, you just go with that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about him. The level he's playing at is unreal. Some of the reads he's making in the passing lanes and pick and rolls are just so tremendous. Um, not fouling. I mean, the rebounds he was getting today against Capella were crazy. That block he had in Capella at the start of the game was so disrespectful. That shit was like, he was like. It's like, how dare you even try to, like, attempt yeah. a shot in the paint right now? That was, yeah, that was wild. Um, and it's insane that, like, I, I'm seeing, like, these posts every day about, like, oh, Victor's, like, second in the odds for DPOY. It's, like, this shit is, like, basically, like, either a – it's not even a shot-blocking competition anymore because, like, Mitch is blocking shots like crazy. Um, he's getting stocks like crazy. So it's, 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 it's like, a popularity contest at this point because, like, I don't understand how Mitch is not, like, top three in people's minds for DPOY right now. Like – He's absolutely anchoring what a top three defense in the league um, and just absolutely dominating the glass. Like, I don't know. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart, those DPOIs looking a little fraudulent over there in Memphis as they can barely scrap together some wins. Just the two dumbest defensive player of the years. In a long time. That's the last two years, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. What a joke. Um, I, yeah, I, I, Mitch. Look, I, I know Gobert is having a hell of a season right now for for the Timberwolves, and they're top defensively as well. Yeah, better than a one defensive league, but uh, I don't watch the Timberwolves every game. Uh, surprisingly enough, and I do watch the Knicks every game. And for me, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I don't want to watch the Timberwolves last night. Yeah, well, some action in that game. <laughs> that was funny. And I got to say, this Rudy <laughs> Gobert redemption arc is pretty awesome. <laughs> kind of enjoying it. He like how. How like how washed is Draymond as a troll when Rudy Gobert is fucking roasting you now? That's crazy. Uh, and it's is... like it's turned into it was it was a Twitter joke at first about like how he doesn't want to play in games without Steph and like now even his peers are talking about it, which is insane. Yeah, that was he he like really went after Draymond, and the crazy thing is none of it was wrong. Um, it was like all factual, like based. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was great. Um. But this is from Constantine Metricos. Uh, Mitrov might have more offensive rebounds than every other individual team at the end of the season. Wild, but potentially true stat if he keeps his pace up. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, are there more skilled centers than Mitchell Robinson? For sure. Are there guys that are more well-rounded? Are there guys that don't have as many holes in their game? Sure. Um, the impact that he has but, on the team single-handedly. I mean, he's just unmatched. Every again, Ariel Pacheco tweeted this earlier this season, and it's absolutely true. Everything that Mitchell Robinson does well, he is absolutely elite at. He is absolutely elite at. He is an elite rim protector. He is an elite defensive rebounder. He's an elite offensive rebounder. He's an elite putback guy. He is he's elite at being bad at free throws. Like he is elite at everything that he does well. But no, he, he like he's. I, and I this is like what you kind of imagined his peak looking like when he first entered the league, when he was like super raw, you were kind of thinking of like this guy, if he reaches his utmost potential, this is what he'll look like. Um, but yeah, I mean, like what you're saying, like, like, yeah, there are tons of centers around the league that are good at this and that and this, and like, he's elite at everything. And like, he's elite at everything that he's like really good at. Um, 
it's like it's why his impact on this team single-handedly um is <laughs> yeah no, it's, his, his impact single-handedly on this team is, is is remarkable i mean it's also crazy because hartenstein's a damn good center backing him up and and you can feel that difference now whereas last year mitch was really good last year and i think we all kind of by the end of the season we're like holy shit like uh you know maybe like i had doubts about him coming into the season after his previous like i didn't think he was that great in 2021 22 um i had questions coming in but by the end of last year i think we were all like holy shit this guy's really good and especially the playoffs after he's on the twin towers of cleveland the twin towers don't don't do that uh they're they're like the twin tenements um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the twin dorm room the twin the twin dormitories uh, but but like he's taking his game now to another level and like you like I, there was that stat right i think the knicks have the fewest blocks in the league or something that's fine um and i do think some of that is probably because teams aren't even challenging us as much at the rim but the amount of steals he's getting now is crazy like yeah. i feel like he gets he had, like at with least three tonight yeah, at three tonight. I feel like he's getting at least one every game, if not more. Um, he it was he's like just, a, I think to start the season, he had like four straight games or something of getting like two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's look. I I don't know what else to say, but like considering what he was in terms of being a project coming into the league, uh, and and you know we all had the vision of what he was. It was pretty easy to see, like okay, well if he is going to be really good, this is the path for him, and it was easy to see that path, but it was also like are we sure that the Steve Mills, Scott Perry led Knicks coached by David Fisdale uh, is going to be the best situation to read that. Are we sure that we are the team to get the most out of this and for him to kind of like develop the way he has with this team. And it's almost fun. It's funny, right? He's like developed his development, almost like mirrors the Knicks progression as an organization through his time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just really cool kind of like how he's playing right now and the level he's at. And, um, you know, I remember during the off season, there was that, remember there was that random report that was like Mitchell Robinson's value would be two first round picks or something like that. And I remember there were people like who would do that. Yeah. And I people like, who would do that? And I'm like, well, let me tell you something. Fucking Atlanta might do it after tonight. Um, a lot of teams would be doing it after they played Mitchell Robinson this year. That guy is playing. Cleveland uh, would do it. Yeah. He's, (laughs) The fact that he wasn't on top 100 list this year is fucking ludicrous to begin with. The fact that he wasn't on top center list this this offseason was insane. Um, It was, um, yeah, it it was awesome. It was really, he was great. Yeah. Um, Hold up. I'm just sending this link to Jeff. Jeff will be joining us shortly. Um, since I clowned him, I'm going to read this comment out. This is from Nick's 100 AGM. Uh, but Mitch has been borderline amazing. They should name Mitch team captain right now. Name him fucking, you know, captain of the city, as far as I'm concerned. Defender of the city. He's basically, we can put out like a fucking. Batman. Yeah, we'll put out a hologram light, but it'll be like, you know, uh, I don't know, like a Mack truck or something that he's into. <laughs> Pickup truck. <laughs> Mitch what, is like, oh, what, that's my signal. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Um uh, yeah. yeah. Let's this see. is pretty what? this is pretty interesting also from uh Nick's 8100 AGM. I think iHeart gone is responding to uh Constantine, who said I would pay Hartenstein 
three years, 42 million or so deal right now without hesitation. Yeah, I would too. Um, I, I would definitely pay Hartenstein three years, 42 million. And, and I got to say, like, if you want to take like long-term broad picture stuff, it would behoove the Knicks if they are to make a big trade, to make a big trade before uh, the start of the new calendar year. Because if they do that, they can go over the cap to keep guys like Emmanuel quickly and, uh, and Hartenstein and have their depth and have their team in place and not have to worry about, Oh, how are we going to acquire a star? Even though we're over the second apron and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. so if the Knicks are going to make a big move. That'd be the time to do it. But we want to talk about that right now. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Knicks shit on uh, a Chia pet, better known as Trey Young. <laughs> um, I like the way that we've defended him. I mean, I know he's been struggling to start the year Trey Young, but like, I, I just like, I just like, I just overall like the way that we defend him in terms of um, the pick and roll. I know he got like 17 assists, which we both realized were probably the fakest 17 assists tonight ever. Um, but I just I just like the way that we guard him. I like the way that we guard the pick and roll with him. Um, and, you know, he wasn't able to get his game off. Like their leading scorer tonight was Bogdan Bogdanovich, and their second leading scorer was, I want to say, either Sadiq Bey or whoever else, or Jalen Johnson. Like it was one of those wings. Like it was just their wings. Like oh, they you're said, calling like him Sadiq this... now. It's very nice of you. <laughs> <Do not. laughs> he has uh, a very know, colorful nickname for for I know Sadiq. This isn't, you know, I know, I know this isn't the Hawks post game. Um, there was a huge difference between what Jalen Johnson did and what Bogdan Bogdanovich did. Like eighty percent of the shots Bogdan shot. I guarantee you Tibbs will be like, eh, all right, like on to the next one. Like it's cool that he just randomly decides to go off against us every time he plays but the the Knicks won that game on shot quality by I'll I'll just say I'll be very interested to see the shot quality because that wasn't as close as that game ended up being the the yeah. Hawks hit a b- bunch of nonsense and and but my point my original point wasn't to trash the Hawks it was to say I thought Jalen Johnson played an excellent game probably yeah I think Jalen Johnson's really good um yeah and you know we I don't we're not gonna do this tonight but Let's just say Jalen Johnson would be somebody I would be interested in. Just a guy you keep an eye on and see if he's ever available because I think he's a really dynamic player. And I honestly, I think he moves well enough. He might, he could probably play the three. If that three ball is really good, probably play the three. Um, I think he's a really, really dynamic player. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Rui Hachimura um, getting to LA and kind of being able to play in these weird lineups. Not to say they're not the exact same player. I think Jalen Johnson's way more talented. He's way more explosive athletically. And Rui's no slouch, but I, I think Johnson's just on another level. Uh, as far as Bogdanovich is concerned, I don't think he'd be upset about any of the half-court stuff he's doing. I think he might have fucking blown a gasket over the, like, five times when it was like, oh, shit, guys, you forgot to defend Bogdanovich again in transition for no reason. Um, those probably drove him insane, but I agree. I thought their shot quality at various points wasn't that great. They were super hot from three. Uh, and then, like, the one thing, though, I will say, like, Again, promised not to say anything mean about him, so I won't. Somebody let Sadiq Bey dribble into his comfort spots and get into a rhythm in the second quarter. And uh, while I agree with you, the shot quality of those wasn't necessarily great, I do think that was... It's like when you can't feel the defender, it's a lot easier to make a contested jumper uh, versus like some of the shit that Bogdanovich was hitting. You were just like... Oh, okay, cool. You're gonna hit a fucking three six feet behind the arc with Grimes in, in your grill. Like, so be it. What, like, what, really... what you're basically trying to say is that the the Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, fifteen footers 
with Grimes or DiVincenzo or quickly with their hand an inch away from the ball isn't the same thing as Sadiq Bey hitting a pull-up where Julius Randle doesn't even put his hand up. Yeah, he's – look, we, we are not saying mean things about Julius today, Jeff, because offensively he played a really nice game. There was – yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're not saying save it, save, save it for your save it for your fucking like seventy clip thread tomorrow that you do. Nah, that's that's Nick's tape tomorrow. That's he, <laughs> he's on that one. So I if I if I'm gonna get anything off, I, no, I wouldn't. I, I I literally was just gonna say there was you, when the Hawks went up ninety one eighty four, which was the low point of the game for the Knicks. There was just a back to back sequence where I was like, oh, Julius just gave up. Like that. Like he's decided that we're not gonna win this game. That and was, I I I know exactly. What you're talking. It was one hundred one ninety four by the way. But you, it oh, yeah. but it was. But it, I know he was that it was that transition play where like he just stood in the paint, even though quickly was there. And then like he quickly had to guard Bay. Well, then, yeah, he guarded Bay, even though Randall was there because Randall decided like your point. He was just like, yeah, I'm good. And then he Bay, he got Bay to like pick up his dribble. So then Bay had to pass it to Bogdanovich and Julius just stood there again. So then quickly had to run around him to go yep. contest the shot. And then. Julius again just stood there as the shot goes up and just watches like Jalen Johnson go get the rebound and put it back in. And I was just like, I agree with you. At that point, I was like, oh shit, I think they think it's over. And for them to respond the way they did, one, I think like it's kind of funny thinking back at the same time around the same time last year, where after every game or every loss, we were like, mm, I don't know, man, are they are they still playing for Tibbs? Like, are they still, are they still <laughs> and and now like you see the response of this team in this game like that would have been an easy moment to just be like all right like tonight's not our night is what it is um but yeah like they played they played for each other they played together i thought again like we talked about this earlier but i thought it was really interesting that tibbs kind of decided hey brunson uh, and it was a good it was a good tactical move by him they were trapping all that brunson high pick and roll shit so they were milking way too much clock before they got anything going, which is why their offense stalled out. So what he did is he had Randall get the ball on the elbow kind of extended. And then him and quickly just ran two man game down the stretch. And uh, the first play out of that timeout was that three for quickly. And then actually like, again, the next play down. So it's one one ninety seven. You can see Randall like quickly's in the opposite corner. And he calls and he him does- to come over. Yeah. Well, he, and Julius has, he always does this in the most like, demonstrative angry ways possible and he's like he does this thing where he's like he like like move, he's like come on like he like like shakes his entire head at you <laughs> it was just really obnoxious uh but but like he he dimed him up kind of right he threw like a behind the back pass i was like who are you like are you lebron now did is this it, what happened? It, it really does go to show though just like how much variance there is in single games yeah. just because like everybody everybody remembers the mavericks loss from last year and they remember the whole collapse. But what nobody frames it like Christian Wood hits that first three down nine when the Mavericks were basically giving up. It was one of the most ridiculous threes I've ever seen in my life. And if that just doesn't go in, the Mavs don't even bother with the rest of the stuff. They just give up and the Knicks. And so I I don't think it was like quickly got a really good look, but I feel pretty strongly that if quickly misses that three at 101.94, this goes another way. Like from an effort standpoint. Yeah. And just from from a lot of different things. No, that that felt like a gotta have it shot. Not not a yeah. gotta have it, like a gotta have it shot. They had they needed to see that go in, um, and I think obviously it did. And then the rest is history. 
the Knicks went on to win the NBA championship. By the way, by the way, Schwinn, since <laughs> Schwinn, since since you make fun of me for it, you know, pretty much every other post game, uh, we're gonna ignore that this happened because of injury. But the Knicks are now one and zero when Emmanuel quickly plays multiple shifts and a half. So, just you know, just a stat to track. You know, well, he, he, I, I, it wasn't just quickly though. I thought Tibbs did a really good job of like being creative with his subs today. Like not yeah. like. He mixed it up. I I, I like. I mean, I would have. I, I actually wish that he had played Deuce more today, um, more than the one minute he got. But like, but like, I I thought one it was it was. I liked he subbed Brunson out right, and then he brought him back in. Like in, and then he subbed him out again, and then brought him back in. Like he did that in the first half, and that was really cool. He did that with Randall too. So it was just really like. I don't know what's going on with Tim this year. It's really disconcerting how many decisions he ma- he's making that I find myself being like, it's a good choice. I like what I'm seeing here. Like he's <laughs> doing a lot of it. And I find myself now on like Stockholm on- syndrome. Yeah, maybe, but I, I find it on- <laughs> I find myself on like every podcast and live streaming. Like, hey, you know, guys, like it- it's fine to make fun of Tibbs, but you got to give him some credit here. Okay. Like he's doing a really good job. Uh, so I am now morphing into Berman, basically, uh, <laughs> except not fat and bald and a jackass. But um, Jesus. So, yeah, I, I got to say, I, I just think this is a really it's just a really good game from like I, everybody in the team contributed players, the coach, like everybody contributed. Everybody what had their hand in the Knicks winning this game. They don't win this game without any like they needed all these guys tonight and all these guys showed up um and to and to and to beat a I, I, to beat a fully healthy team a good team I, I don't know where you guys were on them in the preseason um but like i said in the preseason it wouldn't surprise me if they actually did better than the plan and were just a top six seed like i think hey, getting rid of john collins is a lot for a basketball team yeah he, yeah no <laughs> i mean he's actually been kind of good in utah this year but that's more probably more will hardy than that's anything Danny but, um, Ainge and their yeah ex- exactly magic over there yep um to beat a good atlanta team that's pretty much that is fully healthy had their whole rotation and in my opinion like if I mean, it's in Atlanta. Um, they shot 26 free throws to the Knicks 11. I, I think they got the benefit of shot quality luck pretty pretty strongly, even though the Knicks outshot them by a bit from three. Um, I thought the Knicks just created good look after good look and just wide open looks and just didn't, didn't cash them in at the rate they should. And to overcome all that, overcome a seven-point lead, and without R.J. Barrett, without Quinton Grimes late in the game, it's a really impressive win. I, I think you could, I think you could say it was the win of the season so far. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, without RJ for sure, like, you know, I think that alone makes this one of the more impressive wins. Um, yeah, especially but not even also not doing well defensively. There's these shots with Grimes and Divincenzo. They're like there were multiple corner three shots they got where I was like, obviously it's a stupid thing, right? You can't like you. Everybody does it, but it's like kind of dumb when you think about it when you get mad at guys for like missing a shot because it's like that's not like an effort thing you know what i mean like you're not like oh you he didn't he didn't didn't really want to make that shot he didn't try but like there there were multiple corner threes from those guys from like randall or quickly or brunson passes that they missed and i'm just like you can't miss that you have to make that shot this is stupid but no it's 
the, the, key, the key is keep finding those guys. Keep trusting them. Keep putting them in position. They're good shooters. Like the, the averages are going to work out. And and honestly, in Grimes' case, they already have. Uh, three or seven. Yeah, he's like shooting the, like 40% on the year, yeah, he, right? Yeah, he's well over 40% from three. Or he's not well over, but he is over 40% from three. Do we, do we have any news, by the way, on his hand injury? I don't. It didn't look like it would be that serious, and I feel like it's probably precautionary. It was also his non-shooting hand, which is good. Um, also might mean that he dribbles less, which is also a good thing. Um, speaking of him dribbling less, I, although the dribbling was very painful with a lot of the turnovers, I do like the aggressiveness from him tonight, at least. Like, he just seemed a little bit more, I guess, like, sure of himself. Um, and maybe it's just the... I think he plays pretty well versus the Hawks in general. Um but yeah, I just thought that tonight was just a little bit. It was just a different look from Grimes that we've seen from the rest of the year. Like he was definitely he had, more he, off the he, dribble. He had three turnovers, and like most people would look at that and be like, "Holy shit, how did Quentin Grimes have three turnovers?" But to me, it, it enforces your point, Sam, because Quentin Grimes never has that many turnovers. Because if he commits one, he goes into a shell. But tonight, yeah. he he didn't let those turnovers get him down, and he stuck with it. I thought that was incredibly impressive and encouraging to see. I think that's a great point by you. I would say the same thing about Jalen Brunson. He's always a low turnover guy, but I loved his approach tonight. And I love the fact that he didn't let a couple turnovers where he was trying to create for turn where he was trying to create for teammates. I love that that didn't let him alter his approach. He didn't force too many shots. He kept looking for teammates. And when Tibbs called for it down the stretch, he said, I've got DeJounte Murray on me. Okay. Quickly. And Randall take us home. And, my favorite Brunson play of the entire night. I can picture it perfectly. Randall gets stuck in the middle and Brunson has one of the best relocations you'll ever see. And he like zigzags around to the corner and hits the go ahead three to go up. I think one Oh two, one Oh one, or maybe one, one of those numbers. And it was just like, yes, this is the vision. This is the guy who can be, he can be the best offensive player on a team that does really well because he's not just dominating the ball. He's helping you off the ball and he's helping his team. He's elevating his teammates off the ball. This was an awesome game from Brunson. Um, I just want to, the, the last thing I want to say Shwin, before I turn it over to you is uh, more evidence that I'm like Tibbs is just like, I'm just loving Tibbs for some reason. Now the maddest I was tonight wasn't even missed threes that I knew should go in. It was when Hart and quickly both passed up wide open corner threes. And <laughs> I, I was exactly just like, you're talking about. yeah. And I was just like, dude, just shoot the ball. Like you in the same way that you can't let turnovers hurt your approach or alter your approach or your confidence in terms of playmaking, these guys can't let a couple of misses alter, uh, affect their confidence, and let, they have to let it fly. Um, totally agree. Uh, this from Hawkeye, bro, that behind-the-back turnover by Grimes, what was that boy smoking? That was the one in transition, right? I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, it was he like was, He was really feeling himself at that moment. Yeah, that was a very – I was – I'm not going to lie. When he did that, I was almost immediately expecting to see, like, Tibbs do like this. Yes. Jesus Christ. And then like pointed quickly to come and like go in, but he didn't. He left him in, uh, which is good for him. I think he needed that. Um, that's Grimes's version of a heat check. Those like, yeah, that those is, moves. That is the version <laughs> of a heat check. But yeah, he, 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 it's better for him to make, to fuck up and keep going than it is for him to, you know, fuck up and be like, oh, I'm not going to do anything now. I still am a little bit disturbed that we have a two guard who like can't. <laughs> Be dribbles like me, yeah. He dribbles like January 6th is his favorite day of the year. Uh, but 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 he he like he, he just I'm like, I need you to be able to just blow by Trey Young. I, I need to see that, please. Um, but 
to 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 back to go back to what you're talking about um, with Brunson, like I I I slightly disagree. Like I thought in the middle of the game, he kind of like he was taking a little bit too long to get into the offense, especially I and I'm I, I'm kind of curious about this. I, I I wonder if this is what is going on. The last two games, the start of both games, you can tell there's been a conscious like we got to push the ball, we got to push the ball, we got to push the ball, and when they've come back in, specifically Brunson and Randall, when they've come back in for their second stints, it feels like they're not quite as sharp. They're a little bit slower. They're walking the ball up the floor more. And I wonder if that is part of them still working to get their legs underneath them um, entirely. And I thought, especially towards the end of the third quarter, or I guess, I guess when he came back in to start the fourth quarter, Brunson, that is, I, I didn't, Totally love that. I also thought he had a bad stretch to start the third quarter and the end of the second quarter. It wasn't even like it wasn't bad in the way of like he's just turning the ball over a shit ton or something like that. But I just felt like he was taking too long to get into the office. And and to your point, like the difference between him at the end of the game versus those moments was like he got off the ball and then made shit happen off of it. You know, he was a threat off the ball. And just seeing what he was able to do in the fourth quarter, you're like, man, if you just embrace that part of your game. And not that he can't, not that you're like never initiate offense. Obviously that's ridiculous, but like when you don't have it going, like he didn't quite, he didn't have it going today, right off the bounce. Like he, that fucking one layup he took that he threw off the top of the backboard. I was like, all right, buddy, like let's settle down here. But like to, to see him almost recognize that I, like, I don't have it going off the bounce right now. And maybe this is also a Tibbs thing, too. But, like, look, coaches disregard player instructions all the time. So, you know, it, it would have been easy for him to be like, man, Tibbs doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I got this. I'm going to take us home. And he didn't. You know, he 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 let Randall and he let quickly cook. And, and he let them make the game easier for him. And yes. that's huge. Yeah, that, that's huge for him. And that's huge for the Knicks. Like, because it's not just quickly and Randall, right? We didn't even RJ is a guy that can make the game easier for him. He can make the game easier for you. Let let these guys make the game easier for you, right? You you don't need to constantly like I, I've been saying this. It's felt like the entire year, you know, he hit such a high level in the playoffs, like such a high level as a scorer, and it just feels like so much of this season there are these moments where you feel like he's kind of searching for that high, that like like oh like no I'm just gonna make every fucking mid-range shot and cook this guy in iso and it's like dude we it's awesome that you have that ability and that level we, in we gotta build back up to that you know yeah, yeah also like this is not game seven this is actually this is just game 11 against trey young and the hawks like this is just a game dude like so like, relax man you can take yeah, it easy quickly yeah, got us tonight yeah we don't we don't need you to like iso you know for three straight possessions in the middle of the second quarter to settle us down or something like, no, like just, just keep running offense. But um, no, it, it's honestly, sometimes it's important to see guys struggle in a game and come out of it. And, and, and it, within the game, it's important. I think that's a really important attribute for all players to have where like, you can't just be somebody who when shit goes bad for you during the game, you don't have that ability to kind of like mentally overcome that adversity in game. Now, and obviously, I, I don't think any of us, and I'm certainly not suggesting that that's something we didn't know about Brunson, but 
it was just something that I think I felt like he needed this. Um, and, and I liked this game from him way more than that first game in Atlanta when he had whatever it was like eight threes or whatever. I thought this was just like a different performance, a different game where they really needed him to step up at a critical moment. And he did. Um, so yeah, awesome game from him. And again, like, like th- th- there, I, to me, there's just so many guys tonight that you could really say things about Steven Chenzo, um, weird game, like did some really good stuff, did some stuff that I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. He had two turnovers on inbounds passes today. The first one was ridiculous. He just like ignored Josh Hart and then tried to throw some pass to Hartenstein, which never had a chance of getting through. Um, but the last one, I don't know, that five second count, what did you, I thought that was pretty quick. Yeah, that was. Nick, 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 Nick's me has already timed it. It was 4.7 seconds. That was really quick, I thought. Yeah. It was, yeah. Just would never, just, yeah. But but I will say, like, I just think right now it feels like he's kind of super high energy and almost like, con- like it's like he can't stop moving. Um, and that leads to some sloppiness with the ball at times. But you can see what this guy will add when he just kind of settles down. Like, and I'm willing to give him time because I like I like the kind of broad strokes of the game that you see from him. Like his movement is awesome. His cutting is great. I wish he would be a better finisher, but I still love the cutting. I think it adds a lot to the team. And some of his instincts in terms of like playing the passing lanes are ridiculous. Uh, so good. He, he that deflection that went out of bounds was such a well well timed steal, almost steal. Excuse me. And that, that he had one that didn't get called because Brunson drew a charge, but that like he completely baited Trey Young into a turnover there. If you watch it, he's almost like uh, he like Ed Reeded him. He he was just like, oh no no yeah yeah totally make that pass over there to the corner. Psych, got it. And have that you, was have, that was about to be a pick six. That was about to be a pick have, six. Turnover. Have you ever seen that? Uh the the Peyton Manning Bill Belichick video talking about Ed Reed. Yes. yes. That's it, one that's one of the that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like if anybody whoever's listening to this, just YouTube Peyton Manning and Bill Belichick talking about Ed Reed. It's legitimately one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. Like it just shows how smart those guys are, how prepared they are. Like it's just next level stuff. It's well, the, it's only a minute or two long and it's so the cool. fun the funniest thing about Bill Belichick is the guy coached Brady for like 75 years and the only guys he ever praises publicly are like Lawrence Taylor and Ed Reed, um, but yeah, and Peyton and, Peyton, yeah, and, Peyton, and Aaron <laughs> there's there's a there, there's another story from that special where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick talk about Belichick's like remember that one off season where you were like hey Peyton why do you guys do this and Peyton like told him and then they came back to camp and just ran that play for the next ten years or whatever I love shit like that that stuff's so cool uh, yeah I mean. It- Probably not for Bills fans, but <laughs> no. not for Broncos fans. Not, not, not for Broncos fans either, I promise. Not, not for any AFC East or any, yeah. any fan of an AFC team. Um, but What did you think, Schwinn, not to make this a football pod, what did you think of me saying that I think the Bills, if they make a play, make the playoffs, are a good Super Bowl bet? Yeah, if they make because if they make the playoffs from here, that means they have figured out a lot of shit during the diff- most difficult part of the football. So, yes, I would – say that would be a good bet assuming they make the playoffs i do not think they will make the playoffs though um <laughs> but uh, yeah i, I just I, I don't know i, I feel like with divincenzo you're there's you can see it 
you're ju- it's just not there consistently all the time. It's not coming together. Yeah, I think he's I think because there have been games where he has the three point shooting. There have been games where well, the last time I mean, we were every in game. Yeah, the last time you were in Atlanta. Yeah. So I mean, you're just waiting for it all to come together. He, he'll he'll get it together at some point. He's still figuring out his way in some of these lineups. Um, I still feel like him and Hard. T- I don't know. I feel like they're just like I'm like, dude. Can you guys like actually stop moving for a few seconds? Jesus, like they're just constantly cutting all over the place. Uh, but what what one of the cool things, Schwinn, about another cool thing about Tibbs is as much as this makes him kind of a maniac. With volatile players like DiVincenzo, I trust. It sounds so weird to say based on how much I'm criticizing. I I trust Tibbs Stockholm to I, I trust Tibbs to recognize the games where Tib where where DiVincenzo's strengths are being emphasized and correlate with being necessary in that game. And I also trust Tibbs to be like, okay, his weaknesses are too loud in this game. I'm just not even going to bother. Like he's going to play 11 minutes tonight. You know, like you could see in big games, DiVincenzo's minutes really bouncing around based on, okay, is he jumping into passing lanes in good spots? And is this helping our team? Is he making threes? Is his offensive rebounding timely? And is the other team not picking up on it? If those things aren't being recognized and actually are being exploited by the other team, you, I literally could see DiVincenzo play 10, 12 minutes in a big playoff game because that's just how Tibbs is. And that's, you know, it's both maddening because, okay, Tibbs, it's a regular season game. Jalen Brunson doesn't need to play 42 minutes. But at the same time, I do think it gives this group of players the best chance to get to where they need to go because he's kind of he, – he's he's minimizing the times that they're at their lowest and then he's getting the most out of them because DiVincenzo could just turn around and play – 28 minutes on a certain night when it's really going well for him. Um, about DiVincenzo in the playoffs, yeah, and- it, it brings up an interesting point because what you call it, Warriors fans were very disappointed with DiVincenzo's um, impact in the playoffs. Do we think that's because he had too big of a role in Golden State? And yes. like, you yes. think on the Knicks that he'll have a much simplified role? Yeah, I very specifically talked to, uh, I did a pod over the summer with one, one of my friends uh, who's a Warriors fan. And <clears throat> He specifically mentioned this. He was like, the biggest problem we had is that we needed DiVincenzo to basically be like our third or fourth or like best player. And that's just asking way too much of him. Like that's not, if you need him to be your third or fourth or fifth best player, you're just not a championship team. Like that's just not what he is. It started to regress and then, you know, on and off. Like it's like, it's like when Tibbs decides like Josh Hart needs to play 78 minutes and like be our third best player. So you're just like, yeah, dude, like that's cool, but that's just a terrible role for him. He's totally incapable of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think like just you can see with DiVincenzo, you're like, man, when you do figure it out, I don't know when, I don't know when that's going to happen, but when you do, uh, you're just going to add so much to this team. And, he, and the thing is, he already has, even without playing that well yet, like you haven't lost anything on the defensive glass. You haven't lost any. He adds value on the glass in a way that Obi. Like, bless his heart, Obi was never going to be a rebound. He never was an impact rebounder like that. Um, he He's already juicing. Shout out Obi, by the way. Yeah, great game from him yesterday. Um, and he's already juicing your ability to get on transition, your ability to turn teams over. That one tie-up off the – he missed that three. There, He had no business tying up Bogdanovich on that. That was like an insane reflex hustle play. That was crazy. There was that one in the – was it, I think it was in the first half 
where he pretty clearly got beat back door, but he's just so good with his hands in the passing lane. He actually stole the ball on the back cut. Um, he, he just, you can see it. I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be fine. I actually thought he had some really nice sequences with quickly, uh, like them playing off each other in the first half. He like quickly banged in a three off of a uh, DiVincenzo kind of transition push. And then the next possession down, quick hit hit him for a corner three. DiVincenzo didn't catch it in. But you can just kind of see them starting to like find that chemistry. Yeah, like look for each other, know where each other is going to be. So it was, it's good. Like I I just think like he's give it like 20, 25 games. I think around that time he'll start picking it up. And, um, you know, we might need him here pretty soon if, if Grimes misses any significant time he he will be somebody who i expect to see his minutes increase a lot and i will say to the point about like tibbs just coaching a good game today i wasn't really sure why he um like i didn't really understand why he left divincenzo in and pulled quickly when he did just because i was like okay look i get that quick's kind of struggling a little bit right here now but you need your your offense is stuck in the mud like you need to keep him in here and hope that he figures it out because you need to get your creators in the game right now. He left DiVincenzo in for like two possessions. And then immediately, I think he either called the timeout or just like immediately put quickly back in the game for him. But it was, it was a, another sign of him just like having his kind of finger on the pulse of the game and not fucking around tonight. Um, And and to your point about the minutes with like Brunson or whatever, in general, I agree. And I just, but I, I did feel like tonight, Tonight felt like a game, not only did they, I don't want to say they needed it, you don't need the 11th game of the season, but it did feel like one mm-hmm. they wanted. They, it felt like they really wanted this victory. Um, and by the way, I don't know if we, do we play Atlanta two more times or just once? Either way, being up two on them in the season series, a team that I think we're going to be competing for, for seeding, uh, being up 2-0 on them in the series with the other game or two games potentially that we have left against them at the Garden uh, is nice. So. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm like this is this is probably pretty easily this this is pretty easily my favorite win of the season so far. Uh, I just thought they showed a lot of heart, they showed a lot of character, and they gritted this out in a situation where like like you met you said it, Jeff. Like one one ninety four quickly misses that shot. There's a chance that you're just like, all right, it's over, mail it in, and um, they didn't. They fought, they battled back. That was a very non nixie fate non-fake comeback it was a real comeback so it was nice to see and uh it was nice to just see so many guys contribute to it we only uh we only get them one more time so we won the season series. yeah march 5th oh even, i mean even better right even better i have There's a no uh, i i don't mean i don't mean this in a rain on the parade type way i'm just curious what you guys think <clears throat> let's say let's say let's say grimes is out two weeks or three weeks or something two three weeks and RJ's back next game. Who is taking Grimes' spot in the starting lineup in you guys' opinion? Cool. I still I think it'll be DiVincenzo. Ooh. Oh, wait. Oh, for sorry, sorry. You're saying if RJ is back. Yeah, with RJ back. Okay. Yeah. Uh I mean, we already know the answer. Come on. <laughs> like, come on. I don't want that to be the answer. <laughs> I don't know, man, because like I spoke with shit on the last post game about how quickly I hope Dibs has guys in like slotted roles. So like when one guy is out, he inserts this other guy for them in the starting lineup. <laughs> so 
he sees quickly as a point guard. So when Jalen Brunson is out, he that's when he puts quickly in the starting lineup. When RJ is out, he sees RJ as the three. So he also sees Josh Hart as the three. So he puts Josh Hart in for RJ. So if Grimes is out, I feel like he's going to take DiVincenzo, who he sees as the backup two, and put DiVincenzo as the starting two. I think that's I think, how it goes. I think I'm going to donate my, like, connecting facial hair here to quickly um think he needs that it's not looking good for him there might need to shave that buddy uh it's going yeah. with the wolverine I, I do i don't know for me i think quickly occupies a very weird place in his brain where he like wants to put him in a box but then he's also like very keenly aware that he can't like well that he's also like but i can play you at the two huh interesting like mm, like like interesting peculiar. yeah I, I don't know i i it annoys me but i do i do get why he likes keeping quickly off the bench i understand it i don't think it has anything to do with not valuing him i actually think he values him immensely and that is precisely why he wants to keep him on the bench because he knows that the knicks have this benefit of having a quality creator um that they can put in when Brunson comes out of the game when RJ comes out of the game when Randall is resting whatever right like you have this guy that can pick up the usage and I think that's a really really um valuable thing I mean this is I'm not saying Emmanuel quickly is going to be this guy I'm just saying this is a reason why Popovich loved keeping Manu in that sixth man role uh it gives you a lot of options it gives you a lot of versatility um so in that sense I I don't but like, man, like the heart RJ thing. If that's what we go to, it'll just be really brutal. I, I, I would just, I really would just start Divincenzo though. I think that would actually be really interesting, and it might be a good way to kind of like get him going. Although you got to think like, if Divincenzo got an extended run as a starter and was really cooking, um, I think I don't. This think is like him. This might I, be long term. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't blame him if they're playing really well. It's kind of hard to just be like, well. Sorry, uh, Quentin. It might not be the worst thing for Grimes either, by the way, if that were to happen. Um, but that is that's that's Grimes in the second me. unit. Actually, yeah, like you, I, I think that actually might be really good for him. There's more movement so, in that unit. The one, the one, uh, <laughs> the one. Oh my god, <laughs> Scott. For yeah, that was funny. Um, I, the one I just want to push back a little bit on you, Schwinn, is I'm not as convinced as you are that Tibbs is like like all in like i don't think brunson plays 41 minutes tonight if he fully trusts quickly i don't, I don't think quickly though i don't think they did quickly. i think he didn't like the way the offense ran without brunson i think that was an entire i think it was enti- an entirely an indictment on quickly I, I don't agree i think that was an indictment on the fact that he doesn't trust deuce mcbride at all that's what it's an indictment on to me like he basically had the option of playing Deuce McBride like 11 minutes tonight or something like that and resting Brunson a bit more or just being like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that. We need to win this game. And that's what I think it's more of an indictment on. Do I agree with that? Not really. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know how to judge that. Like Deuce hasn't played <laughs> like he hasn't played to be like to have a judgment on him right now. Uh, and I thought he looked good in preseason. I I really think that he deserves minutes when RJ is out, anyways. And and like we, I'm not saying he was the fucking driving factor, but he was in the rotation when the Knicks 
turned their season around last year. Um, like he, he clearly has value. I, I, I don't think it's about quickly. I think it's about deuce because to me, he's, he basically was like, okay, RJ's not playing. I think we need a second creator in this lineup. I don't think deuce is that guy. I'm not sure Grimes is that guy. Actually, I'm sure Grimes isn't that guy. Uh, I I'm going to then therefore play Brunton in this role. And very specifically, I think this is worth mentioning. I have not liked the Randall with the bench minutes at all this year. So maybe he didn't like it either and was like, well, I guess I'm going to try Brunson then in that role today because RJ is not here. Uh, I, we would need to see more though. If this continued against like, you know, we're playing like the fucking Spurs again or something. Um, and, and he did the same thing. Then I would probably lend more credence to what you're saying. Um, but I thought this was just a game that was like a game they felt they needed and they wanted. And because RJ was out, he had that, like th- that was kind of the choice. And he went with, with let me up Brunson's minutes. Um, but We'll see. I mean, over time, when we guess we will see as the as the season goes on. Um, I do think I'm very interested to see what this Grimes injury is, because if it's a long term injury, I feel like they. I don't know if they would just be like, "Well, we'll just play it out until Grimes gets back." Like you've got that Fournier contract just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, um, and you have these protected first, you have your first. I'm not saying they're going to go make some huge fucking star trade because Grimes is out, but I think they might be like, you know what? Like, let's say Grimes is out for two months, right? Okay, we don't have two months to just, like, play eight guys. Like, no, no, no we need to go get somebody right now. Uh, I think they might do that. I And I, it would be funny if they went and got uh, mine and yours favorite player, Jeff, uh, Keldon Johnson. That'd be funny. Uh, by the way, can I just say, can we just say, I know this has nothing to do with this game tonight, the Spurs are fucking awful. Like, they're <laughs> the worst team in the NBA by far. There are a lot of awful teams this year. No, no, no. They are the worst. They have lost two games already by 40-plus. They lost last night by 36. They lost to us by, what was it, 21? And that that easily, that, that basically was That could have been point. 40. That was like a 30-point game, basically. They're, they're fucking awful. They're Man, awful. The, the Wizards, though, like, the Wizards, they're not close in any games. At least the Spurs, they've been close in some games. The Wizards, it feels like every time I check their box score, they're getting smoked by, like, 25 plus. But the thing is, the Wizards just suck. And the the Wizards just have, and the Wizards have better talent, too, which no makes way. it get worse. I, the thing is, they shouldn't. Like, everybody loves the Spurs' talent. Oh, fucking Wemby. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves Wemby and Devin Vassell. He's, I don't know. Devin Vassell, he could be a second option on a contender. You even heard <laughs> man like, do people re- do people really say that I've <laughs> that's, heard, an, I've seen that's that. an exaggeration yeah. <laughs> but man like man it's like the wizards and the hornets and, and the spurs they are like <laughs> this is hawkeye 420 schwinn i keep spamming you on twitter about it pop is tanking for a generational big three and they will get rewarded for it i have seen your spamming i like those tweets and i move on because i'm <laughs> trying to not will them into existence i'm trying to not will that into existence Pop's devil magic is just way too strong. Oh man. Some <laughs> villain X. Knicks need another six five and under player. <laughs> uh yes. I, I will say so one guy that I've been I, I it's funny because we we're talking about Jalen Johnson and I brought him up in relation to Jalen Johnson. I would be 
I would be intrigued by one Rui Hachimura as a potential. If if the Lakers want Zach Levine, I would be interested in getting in, in third team in being a third team. Back so here's he, here's my concern with Rui. He is benefiting from so much LeBron Lakers luck. Like all he's doing is shooting really hot right now. He's <laughs> there's no chance he's keeping that up in New York. Sam already knows it. I know Sam knows it. He'll come here and shoot 20% from three, and he'll still be doing it, the same very little it, of the other stuff. It's so funny because Lakers fans, they feel like they have the same issue when shooters come to them sometimes. Like they feel like when Malik when not Malik they, when they feel like Malik when Malik Beasley was there, they felt like he was an absolute dud. But he was feel, terrible for them. He was. Um, which is hilarious because he was like a sniper right before he got there in, in, in Utah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird with the Knicks. Um, I mean, we just, we just Lakers, overall don't shoot that well anyway. So it's just like the Lakers made the Western Conference finals because Lonnie Walker outplayed Steph Curry. I don't want to hear shit about how role players underperform when they go to the Lakers. All right. Like, <laughs> give me a break. Lonnie Walker won game four of a playoff series for them. Meanwhile, Jalen Brunson was fucking suffocating because he got no help from anybody for 20 games. Like, give me a break. Well, I mean, I mean, would, do you think Rui would be worth like, I don't know, the fucking protected. Wa- yeah. Like the Washington protected first or something. Probably my analysis was an actual analysis. I was just projecting us getting unlucky. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't actually disagree with what you were saying. I was just assuming I, he, he would regress. He, he's just an interesting player to me. Like he, he's an interesting kind of like, I agree the shooting, the shoot. He's not, it's like the RJ thing, right? Like RJ's not going to shoot 50% from three. Rui Hachimura is not going to end up shooting fucking, he's shooting 47.6% from three so far. That's insane. That's um, insane. But like, I mean, this continues. At, this continues the BS shooting that he was shooting in the playoffs, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think, I mean, he might just be also to your point about like he might just be benefiting from the space that he has to get off threes with the Lakers. Like, obviously, LeBron and AD command a lot of attention, um, but like he'd be playing here with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, uh, who command significant attention. Uh, they do. It's not a joke, but obviously not as much maybe as LeBron James. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's like night and day compared to what he was dealing with in Washington, where like he was doing God knows whatever with God knows who. Look, there's one player I would just, I will always vouch to come back. Uh, this from Hawkeye 420. Kevin actually, and jokes aside, they do need a wing, though. Will this be a 10-man rotation season because of size? Pause. Um, <laughs> the Is it, is that, is that Alec Burks' music? That I'm oh, is that Alec Burks' music that I'm hearing? <laughs> Bring back Alec Burks, man. Bring him back. I would love him back here. Man, me and Tyrese, I feel like me and Tyrese, we've been pining for this since like last year when we saw how well he was playing for the Pistons. Like, Also, I just feel like I never see him miss a three anymore. Every time I watch him, I'm just like, oh, there he is. And he's been like actually consistently healthy for like the past, like what, four or five years now? Like for he the just, first time. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're bored, Clip this, record it on the off chance the Knicks do bring him back. Because when Schwinn and Sam are bitching about Tibbs playing him 40 minutes a night in three months, I need this. I need the evidence of this. I can't believe you. I can't believe you guys are doing this. Like, but what? The, well, I mean, with, with I Alec love, Burks, I, it's, it's like the Josh Hart thing now. It's like you're playing a guy in a, in a role that he doesn't need to be playing in for. What if, what if he takes Josh Hart's minutes? What if he just takes Josh Hart's minutes? <laughs> Yeah, what a weird ass <laughs> cycle that would be. Schwinn, Schwinn writing Tom Thibodeau fan fiction that would never occur, you know? Like, oh my gosh, like, 
Imagine a backcourt of of Alec Burks and Josh Hart. Thibs would absolutely. Well, lose yeah. What what mind. if he? What if he like you know kind of like it's like succession and he he's like oh like he's like oh you're you're definitely my 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 best boy Josh Hart. Just kidding. Alec Burks is now my favorite child and now my successor. Or is it Emmanuel quickly today? Quick, qu- quickly, quickly, <laughs> wa- quickly walks in complaining like Kieran Culkin and Tibbs is just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I look, I, I take your point. I, obviously, that would be a concern. But like, I just, I, I always thought it was, I always wanted to get rid of Fournier over him. I always liked Alec Burks' game. I now, even more, like, I watch this team now and I'm like, I feel like we play now more in a way that would let you just be like the best version of yourself, which is, I mean, the dude is a fucking sniper now. Like he is a 40% plus consistent three point shooter. And you know, the thing with Burks too is like, he's still always got that like annoying craft to get to the free throw line. And he can, yeah. And he can create a pull up three for himself when you need him to just don't, Tell that man to drive the to the rim. Please don't do that anymore. Uh, but like, no, I, I look, he, it's like kind of a joke, but at the same time, I'm like, if you did, like, let's say Grimes is again, if Grimes is out for two, three months, I don't know if you can just be like, let's roll with these eight guys. Burks would just be a really good player to bring back in the sense that like, obviously you know that he knows the system. He knows basically everybody on the team, right? He's, ba- he's played with Randall, played with RJ, he's played with Quick. He's played with Mitch. Um, so I, he doesn't know who to play with. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he does. He hasn't played with Hartenstein. He hasn't played with. I don't think he's played with Josh Hart ever. Um, and he hasn't played with with Brunson. But like, he's he's got a lot of institutional knowledge already. Alec Burks, the missing championship piece. Yes, yes, exactly. Alec M J Burks. Uh, shout out Jason Aravalo for that comment. Man, the way he used to perform in the clutch sometimes during the during his tenure here was insane. Like you're like, I know teams are pissed. They're like, Alec Burks is like really gaming us right now. Like what the hell? It's just crazy to me. He's still in fucking Detroit. What are they doing with him there? What is Detroit like, doing in general? What is the <laughs> point of Alec Burks on a team that has? I get like, oh, we want to have some vets around. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like, like get. Get the like two or three seconds you're gonna get for him. Move the fuck on, like you're a joke. Um, but yeah, I, I would gladly bring Burks back. Um, I think he'd be such a good player for us. And I, again, this is if Grime is out for an extended period of time, obviously. Though um, once again, I, I more so agree with you guys. I was just, I was just, <laughs> I was just you know, I was doing a bit. Um, he is shooting three this year on over six attempts a game, so that's wow. pretty good. Maybe maybe we'd have the bet. Maybe we'd have the new Splash Bros and Burks and RJ, you know, taking over for for Stephen Clay. So sorry to interrupt you, Sam. No, I was gonna bring up how um earlier. So I forgot who had mentioned it. Bringing up um how the Knicks seem to be they're they're they look like they're trying to play with more pace this year. Do we think that it's because they feel like last year's offense was more predictable and they're trying to just change things up just a little bit just to make the offense a little bit easier? I guess. Um, yeah, I just think they're, I think they know their half court offense just isn't, I, 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 it it just wasn't good last season. I mean, excuse me. It was good, but it was good. You're right. It it, it was, it wasn't dynamic, great word, but it also just wasn't good for a reason that was 
that can, that was conducive to succeeding in the playoffs. It was so heavily dependent on offensive rebounds. I think they're trying to diversify a little bit. Um, I don't know if anybody else noticed this. I'm I'm a friggin' loser, so I picked up on this. There was a really cool play in the in the third or fourth quarter where um, Mitch got a rebound and handed it to Quickly, and Brunson had a cross match, and Brunson was clapping for the ball and Quickly like waved for him to yeah, run. Yeah, he told him to go. Court. He he told him to just sprint up the court and keep the cross match, and Quickly raced the ball up the court and then passed the ball to Brunson so that he kept the cross match. Stuff like that is so important, especially for one-on-one tours against Brunson. And I think they're just starting to um, emphasize little edges like that. You know, I I think they're starting to realize that they – I mean, Schwinn made a great point earlier. It's the reason we got smoked by Boston. Anytime we start the offense later in the shot clock, whether it's due to pressure or just general lethargy – I guarantee you we're a bottom five team in the league on points per possession, like last 10 seconds of the shot clock, because it just nothing ever happens. There, was, The play that Sean was talking about with Brunson tonight was maddening. Like Brunson just dribbled around near half court until eight or eight seconds or so. And then he but drove he, and picked up his dribble and he had nothing. And it was like, well, okay. Like, DiVincenzo, right. And then DiVincenzo had to like, I mean, it was just a bad spot. Like it's DiVincenzo's turnover, but you're like, anybody watching that play, if you're putting that on him, come on. Like be yep. fucking serious. So I, I think I think an emphasis on pace just removes. It, it's trying to remove some of those bottom tier possessions. I think that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, and and I think, like I, I mentioned this during the offseason when we signed him, um, like Divincenzo has played for high pace teams basically almost exclusively through his career in the NBA. Milwaukee, high pace team. Golden State high-paced team kings for 30 seconds high-paced team. <laughs> like like he's exclusively played for high-paced teams and so i think the more you get guys that are comfortable and and familiar playing at pace like that the more it'll kind of shape and and change and evolve your play style um and you know more maybe even more than brunson randall is a guy that that can benefit from that if he buys in. So, uh, yeah, I I do agree with Jeff. I think it's like they're starting to maybe understand a little bit of like what what the benefits are and how to maximize those benefits. Um, but it's a work in progress. It's going to take time. You can't go from being, and they still are the slowest paced team in the league. Although tonight, I imagine would have upped the pace. Uh, but you can't go from being the slowest paced team in the league to being like, oh, we want to play fast now, super, super fast, right? Like it, it takes time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, those those kinds of changes just rarely happen, you know. It's why you know, to bring it to RJ, some people see it as an insult when if I if I were to say like, oh man, I'd be thrilled if he finished the season, you know, between 37 and 40 percent from three. It's not an insult at all. That would be a that would be a significant improvement. And I know that's worse than what he's shooting right now, but it would be historically unprecedented if RJ went from 31% on decent volume to mid 40s. Like that would be an all-time improvement from season to season. So you just gotta understand that these, you know, even linear progression, it happens um in I'm blanking on the word, but it just doesn't. It, you, it's tough to make a huge leap like that, I guess, without like a system over with. You know, it, 
I would believe that they could go from 30th to first if they replaced Tom Thibodeau with Mike D'Antoni, you know, like <laughs> that, that, that I could see, but keeping Tibbs as the coach, you know, you beggars can't be choosers. And if they go from 30th to 22nd, that's, and they, they up their pace by a few possessions per hundred, that's still significant from one season to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, again, it was, it, it it's going to take time. Um, it'll take a bit, but Brunson, especially, I think just needs the biggest thing with him is he can play fast. If he is like, not the one bringing the ball up the floor, like he, he is his own impediment to playing fast, which is why. Yeah. And so I, I think it is like the key to getting them to play fast when Brunson is on the floor is to actually let others bring the ball up. Um, and that, that will help him out a ton. Um, Nick's tape says, um, I think the RJ bench minutes look so good because RJ feels comfortable taking a back seat to quick at points. And that's why the chemistry is so good there. And Julius still sees himself as top dog with that lineup, as opposed to playing within the flow of that lineup. This also brings up, um, this also connects to what Schwinn was saying earlier, um, about like Brunson today, being able to recognize, you know, Hey, I don't have it going for these couple of possessions. Let me let, you know, um, IQ and Randall run the show for a little bit while I, you know, stay over to the side i feel like that is such a big difference in why you're able to trust a Jalen brunson as opposed to a julius randall when he doesn't have it going because julius randall most of the time will not have that self-awareness to take that back seat to those guys or he won't be as willing to take that back seat to those guys like we saw in years past of like when julius like is not having the ball in certain possessions or you know so other guys have it going and you know they're the ones running the show He's not as involved as he probably should be. And like a lot of his movements aren't as, I guess, like, you know, he'll set like half-hearted screens. He'll like half-heartedly jog in, uh, into a play or whatever it is. So, you know, that I think that that today alone shows the contrast in the, the two leading guys for this team. Yeah. And, and to this point, like the way Julius played tonight, he can be the top dog. If you're, if you play like that, and you're willing to get off the ball before a double comes or you see the double and you're able to kick to the open man or you're, you're willing to play the two-man game with Quick or with Brunson or whatever, that it, you can be the top dog. I just don't need you to take every fucking shot when you are. Like, his usage with that bench unit, his usage this year with, with Brunson off the floor coming into tonight was like 37.3. That's crazy. That's Embiid-level usage. That should never happen for him. That's That's how he destroys his own efficiency and, and ends up looking like, you know, like, like a terrible basketball player. Like he is his own worst enemy. And tonight it was just nice to see him not kind of, he has this always has this tendency when he gets doubled to like, hold the ball, hold the ball, wait for the double to come. And then he loves to try to step through, jump in the air. And then he has to make a pass at the last second. And like, you just didn't see that tonight. He, he was accepting the double but then getting rid of the ball in pretty quick order. He wasn't holding on to it so much. Um, so I, I just, I thought he played a really good game. I can't say enough about it. It was easily the best game of the season for him. And um, got to say, he does seem to love playing Atlanta nowadays. It must be magic city. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon pepper wings. Yeah, you know, those wings, they must be really good. <laughs> Smell like fish. 
Uh, next, next, next comment. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I think we pretty much got through most of the comments here. I mean, Brunson played uh, 41 minutes tonight. I, I don't know. I, I get being, if this was like three games in a row of this, I'd get it. Not really that upset about this. It was a close game. You're missing competitive game. players. Yeah. You're out. RJ Grimes gets hurt. Um, you know, again, do you want to see this sustain for the next five games or something? No, but one game, not too upset about it. I mean, like, I know that the comparison will be like, well, look at Atlanta's box score. They didn't do that. And sure, Atlanta didn't do that. I also don't really understand what their substitution patterns were at all tonight. Uh, I think it might have been Nick Sick that brought it up earlier. Um, was I know that they oh, stagger Murray and, and Trey. Yeah, which is good. But like I think Nick said brought up earlier that Bogdanovich went out with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I agree. I don't really understand what that was about. Um but hey thanks. Thank you. Uh I mean I don't even know when did the Knicks actually make their comeback though? Because I feel like it was after that that they they even extended the lead, right? Uh the, the Hawks because that was mm-hmm. I also didn't. I had no idea Wes Matthews was on the Hawks. By the way, he was like out for like the first whatever how many games of the season. I think he just like recently came back. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Dude, that one three hit. That one three hit. I almost threw something at the rest. Like, <laughs> was that was that him or was it was it him that he hit a three where it like hit underneath the rim and somehow bounced in or is that no, that was Sadiq that, Bay that was from the corner, same spot. I but I literally like when he let go of that, it hit. It hit the bottom of the rim. There, I, I, you will not convince me it hit the top. It hit the and I, it bounced up, and I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" Like this is gonna go in. You're about to fucking get a fucking bounce off the rim from the corner. That makes no sense at all. That's insane. Um, but yeah, I, so they were up. Well, let's see, Bogdanovich. Ah, Bogdanovich was still in the game. Oh, Bogdanovich got pulled, so he came out at ninety four one hundred one. They put Jalen Johnson back in. That's when the Knicks made their run. Um, also, funny enough, that's when Capella went in for Okongwu. By the way, can I just say, I, I want to throw something out there. I think Okongwu is kind of a dirty player. Okay. I did, not, I did not love that offensive foul he had on Brunson, but that was whatever. There was a play in the fourth quarter where him and Josh Hart, like when Josh Hart tied him up, right, for that jump ball, after Hart tied him up, you see Okongwu, and he, like, swung his elbow up into his face. Um, and i just seen him, like, he picks up a lot of charges, Okongwu. Maybe it's not dirty. Maybe he's just a fucking idiot. But, like, <laughs> he just goes into these charges like guys aren't there. And I'm like, dude, you're running full speed into, like, a guard. That seems crazy. And he leads with his shoulder a lot. He leads with his elbow a lot. I don't know. Uh, he's somebody I, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of this, you know, not even, this isn't just this game. Just like when I watch them and I catch them, I feel like I've seen that a lot with him. So, um, I don't know. He's not my favorite guy. I'm just happy we beat him. And uh, I'm happy that Mitchell <laughs> is also his father. Dude, go go rewatch Chris Paul diving into Conley's knees that was from crazy. two games ago. That was crazy. Like, that was dirty. That, like, Chris Paul is a dirty player. I think Okongwu might just not 
be fully in tune with how big and athletic he is. Like I don't, I, I've never gotten the vibe that Okongwu was out there, you know, going after people. I just feel like he's energetic and a big dude who can jump, who can, who's really fast and can jump high. Like I, I think he's a really good player too. I, I, I said before the season that my, my two comments on the Hawks were they should start Jalen Johnson one for two, and they should trade Capella to just, fully unleash a Kongwu and let him play 30 to 35 minutes a game because I think he's already better than Capella. He is better than Capella. I just have no idea. Like, it's a very weird situation. I don't even know who's going to trade for Clint Capella. You know what I mean? That's the hardest part for them. It's who wants him. Somebody. Really. I mean, yeah. I actually think offensive rebounds are bit, making a bit of a comeback. So the Hawks could, like, there's got to be a team out there that just need, like, the Mavericks or something. The Ma- I know the Mavericks have Lively, but maybe they... Dwight Powell's their only other center. Convince the Mavericks that Capella could be a useful, you know, maybe like, like you know, they, they could just be like, oh, Lively's a rookie. What if he starts to struggle? You know, it would be good to have Capella and not have well, Dwight, Howell be, Dwight Powell be their only center. Other center. I mean, they do have Rashawn Holmes. Don't forget. Nice. nice. And Maxi Kleber. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Dude, is Austin Reeves just like not good anymore? What's going on with this guy? Um, that whole FIBA team that there needs to be like a documentary or like a mini mini yeah. series about what happened with that FIBA team. Yeah, they need they need to. Who else is struggling, Sam? From that FIBA team? Yeah, from that FIBA team. Is Ingram um, I know Ingram had a pretty rough start to the year. Um, Pelicans fans are turning on him because he's like isolating like crazy and like is leaving Zion in the dust um they started the world's most ridiculous lineup i've ever seen in my entire life the other night they had dyson daniels zion (laughs) jonas valanchunas herb jones and brandon ingram so like spacing who is their who is their shooter there i don't even know i guess ingram is their best three-point shooter but that's not good (laughs) that's insane he's not he's not a volume three-point shooter he's not comfortable just catching and shooting out there you need um, that's why he struggled the, so much you, in Team USA. Yeah, you want Ingram with the ball inside the arc, with, surrounded by shooters. That's that's his. That's what you want. It's it's but why yeah, I've um, always been of the opinion that him and Zion are just not a great fit together. Yeah, I know. I agree completely. But Sam, I, I'm asking you this because I feel like Edwards, Halliburton, these are these guys. Edwards are and Halliburton, well. they're playing pretty well. But everyone else from the FIBA team has been pretty inconsistent and pretty rough to start the year. Paolo's been yeah. pretty inconsistent. I There's thought he was no... going to make a jump, um, at least offensively, scoring-wise, because he looked like he was taking that turn in Team USA, especially those last couple games. Um, Cam Johnson, I know he's coming off an injury. Um, Cal Bridges has been pretty inconsistent to start the year. Um, well, Cal Bridges isn't good, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I like literally knew you were about to say that as soon as I said Cal <laughs> Bridges. Um, who else is in that Team USA team? Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., I mean, I guess he's reaping the benefits of being the leading guy without... Cam you know, Johnson? Nah. He's just been hurt, though, right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just going to do a Schwinn. Th- I'm going I'm to do a Schwinn thing here with Jaron Jackson Jr. No, fuck that guy. Dude, he, <laughs> he, can't, gra- he, he can't grab a rebound. Like, I, he's I know. He's a player in the NBA. He yeah. he has to be he has four times as best player of the year over Mitchell Robinson on a two and eight team that it like Mitchell Robinson has been has lapped him this season. And okay, maybe they're maybe the betting sites are projecting forward and they're like Jaw's gonna come back, they're gonna level off. But I'm sorry, he, he has to do more if he's if he if every all everybody talks about is oh the on-off numbers without jaw and this team is so good and desmond bain max player this team sucks like this this team <laughs> was supposed to have gotten better in the offseason and all i hear is excuses about why it doesn't matter that they're two and eight and 
No, if, if they're a championship They got two DPOIs team, on their team. Two recent yeah. DPOIs. It's not like two wash DPOIs. It's two recent DPOIs on their team with Desmond Bain, who's supposed to be, you know. So the, the thing is, like, Des- so Desmond Bain is a really awesome third guy. But like when you force does, him to be number two, it's yeah, really he, he's not, yeah, he's not, he's the number one right now, really, because Jaw sucks. Um, but like, or not Jaw, uh, JJJ, Jaw Jar- sucks too, but whatever. Uh, Jaren JJJ, Jackson. yeah, Jaron Jackson is just, he, he's not a number one offensive player ever. He's barely a number two offensive player, given kind of like, I think his three point shooting has always been overrated. He's not particularly efficient, even he's not consistent. The, yeah, he's not really that efficient inside the arc. I think people get really enamored with. The idea of him. When he's good, he's really good. And and you kind of like, holy shit, this guy is like a four. He's a four, but he can play the five too. And he's awesome on defense, but he spreads the floor. And it's like, you get this vision of him at his best, Mm. but he's just not always there. And honestly, he just can't play the five at all full time because he is just not. That's why they had Steven Adams. That's why they got freaking Bismack Biombo off the garbage heap. Yeah. And, and, and let's be real. Like Steven Adams matters a lot to them a ton to them like he brandon clark he juices their offense guys. a ton yeah brandon clark like these guys are the ones that are creating the extra possessions and they're the ones that are doing mm-hmm. not just forget like you know in mitchell robinson's case right you like yeah he's great he gives you value offensively he's an insane offensive rebounder, sure but the reason why he's a great defensive player on top of like good instincts good reads is he ends possessions he ends possessions. If you can't, I don't give a shit how many fucking shots you're blocking. I don't care what your defensive field goal percentage allowed at the rim. I don't care how many of your statisticians that you're, you know, they're juicing up your stats at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, all this stuff is great. If you can't end possessions, none of this matters. None of it matters. Uh, I, like Jeff, I think you and uh, actually were talking about this with regard to Jokic uh, on your pod maybe last week, where like, yeah, you can tell me like on an individual possession basis. Jokic isn't a good defender, but he ends possessions. That has a ton of value. That just has a ton of value. Like Jaron Jackson Jr., awesome defensive player. Guess what? He doesn't end possessions because he can't fucking rebound. I mean, his his summer, you know, say whatever you want about everybody else on that team. His fucking FIBA performance Whew. was some of the worst. Abysmal. Abysmal. Yeah, yeah that, that he, had was... the, he had the nerve to say the things that he said after each of those games about his rebounding like dude you're playing for our country and you you're you can't close out possessions and we're losing close games like insane the, the brunson and brunson backward <laughs> Tim, Tim, tim's wet dream <laughs> all garland he, he clones jalen jalen get out there <laughs> he, he clarified he went quick yeah i mean i it's really funny how like old school is, is cloning legal in the nba by the way can we clone basketball players? That is a question that we need to have answered. Submit that. Submit Did, that on the uh, the the Nets Reddit. They might. They might <laughs> uh, Sam, I Sam, I feel like whenever I tell these stories, people probably think that I think you're like some sort of sociopath. But I saw I saw a tweet last night that reminded me of you so much. Uh, did you see the Reddit post where the guy was like, yes. "Can we kill five of the Nets players?" <laughs> I saw that this morning on my way to work. And I was like, I was like, dude, Sam is gonna have a field day with this. Like, anytime somebody sucks, he's gonna he's gonna post that Reddit picture and be like, Are you sure we can't kill (laughs) that was a that was that was a wild um that was a wild 
post. Yeah, lucky that post wasn't around 2022, Julius Randle. Look, man, uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a big, big Chino uh, out here at the comment. Yeah, I, I think you might like I if if RG and Grimes are out, it's either going to be quick or, or Divincenzo that starts. So you're going to see it one way or the other. You're going to see it. Uh, and I I got to say, man, I for as like old school a coach as Tibbs is in a lot of his principles, the fact that he just like loves guards is so funny to me. It's just so funny to me. Like even go back to his time in Chicago, he's just like, yeah, no, give me Nate Robinson. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's good. Like I'll we'll, we'll figure it out. They run seven thousand pick and rolls, and uh, you know we'll win. Like we'll beat the Nets in Game Seven on the, at their place. Um, but yeah, look, this is just just a this is a fun game, man. There's a fun game, and it's such a satisfying game for them to win, just because of like how that fourth quarter unfolded, where you were like end of the third quarter. By the way, that three that quickly took at the end of the third quarter, that was the most like if like if you take that shot, you have to make it. You have to make that shot because he took it with like eight seconds left on the shot clock too. In or at the end of the quarter, it, it was deep. That was a logo three. He doesn't he doesn't take those that much anymore. Uh, and he was just like he pulled the trigger. I was like, oh, all right, all right, like it better go so in. So you could tell in. he was gonna have a big fourth quarter. And I did, I did like Julius just ripping the ball away from Trey at the end of the, at the end of the third quarter. That was that was actually a really good defensive play. Um, I don't even I don't know what Trey was trying to do at the end of the quarter. He was like. Getting in Julius's grill, like, dude, Julius would fucking eat you. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you kidding me right now? You're like, the fucking... sign came over and shoved the shit out of him. I love that. <laughs> you, did you guys you're... see what? Did you guys see what Trey Young said in the post game? How he talked shit about Brunson? What oh, what did he say? He boy. said, uh, "He oh, said boy. I missed a free throw, letting them stay up one. It's pretty easy to hit daggers when you have a lead." Like talking about how Brunson uh, talking about how Brunson shot did wasn't actually clutch because they were already up one. I, uh, do you understand how that works? <laughs> like I, I don't really. No, no, nobody, nobody remembers the LeBron shot over Kawhi in, t- in the 2013 Finals of Game Seven because they were already up one. That that actually wasn't clutch. It didn't matter. Like that, they had already won that game. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure uh, Trey Young understands what the hell he's talking about. Also, <laughs> Brunson hit shots in the fourth quarter when we were down. He literally hit the go-ahead three. That that was the game-winning <laughs> shot. We we didn't we didn't. That actually was the game-winning shot. He hit the <laughs> to, to go up one hundred two one hundred one. We never looked back from there. So yeah, he's just yeah. He'll hit that, yeah. and then he hit he hit another one. Right, I think we were down one hundred seven one hundred five, and he hit a three right. to put up up put us up one hundred eight one hundred seven, uh, and then Hart hit that insane like it was the the Hart play where you're like, what if you just shot the three though? But what if you just shot and he's like. He put the ball on the deck, and I'm like, you're so – like, please just make whatever you're going to put up here. Uh, but he did. He made that nice little floater over Capella. You remember that uh, the the one possession they used quickly as a screener, and Brunson found him on the short roll and quickly ended up turning it over? Yeah. It, is quickly supposed to go up with the floater right where he ca- right when he catches it there, or what do, you, what do you think he's supposed to do there? I'm not sure because he caught it. He caught it underneath the hoop with his back to the basket. And, like, yeah. he's not a super explosive vertical guy, especially not from a standstill. So that's just a really tough spot for him. I, I, I thought Brunson took way too long. Like, quickly screened for him twice on that play because they were trying to get the switch onto Trey Young, right? They were trying to get Trey Young onto, onto Brunson. And Brunson just did such a bad job of, like, he took way too long. It was just not a good job on him in that possession. 
But then he did at least get the ball to quickly. Quickly couldn't go up. I think quickly's either just got to pass it to Hart there when, instead of dribbling it out himself, or just dribble it out yourself and don't do the weird thing he was doing. I'm like, dude, just dribble straight out and just turn around and shoot it. Basically, like I, I'd be fine with that. Trey Young is on you. Yeah. You don't need to like. You don't need to like overthink it here. I still think there's. Quick still has bouts of like overthinking some of this stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I and was I, literally about to, I was literally about to say that. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. And I, and I and I do feel like he also um, he's got to have the confidence to set himself up for stepbacks off the dribble. Like he's got to have the confidence, not even stepbacks, but just off the dribble pull up threes without a screen. When you get a good matchup, he's got to have the confidence to just be like, okay, I can create space for myself right now against this guy. And I don't need a screen. I don't need anything. I'm just going to cook him right here. Like, he's got to have the confidence to fill it up. I don't know if that's something that, like, it's possible that Tibbs has told me he doesn't like that shot or something. But I, I just have a trouble seeing that, given, like, he's empowered him to pull up on pick-and-roll pull-ups. Obviously, Brunson takes plenty of ISO pull-ups. Randall takes plenty. Um, I have a hard time believing he would be like, no, quick, you're not allowed to do that at all. You know, he's not exactly Quentin Grimes. He can't dribble. Um, especially since they run that stupid out of bounds play that quickly never makes the shot ever where quickly runs around the screen into the corner and shoots the sort of fadeaway three and it never goes in ever. And I'm like, dude, you're tanking your field goal percent. Why, why are you doing this? The last time you made it was like last year. Um, <laughs> you always used to hit them during that, like the 21, 22 year. Well, this is the thing that's so weird though with that. I'm, it doesn't actually bother me. He misses that shot. I don't mind that shot. Cause I usually run it when there's like, under 10 seconds left or something yeah Um, but like what actually bothers me about that play and it hasn't it i think they called them for it once maybe quickly isn't even actually established back on the floor when he catches the ball from hartenstein half the time in those plays like he's like tosses the ball into hartenstein and is in the process of getting both feet down when hartenstein passes him the ball so i'm just waiting for that like official at some point to just whistle it for a turnover I mean, I'm surprised Scott Foster did didn't tonight because that guy was hell bent on making dumbass calls. Can we just talk? We had to. We I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. That rip through thing was insane. That's an like that's that is a rip through. That is the definition of a rip through. I, I I think that's what that's what Tibbs was challenging, right? I don't think he was challenging. Is it a foul or not? He was challenging, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is a rip through. This is not a shooting motion. This is not a natural shooting motion. This should be two shots, not three. He was absolutely right. I can't believe they reviewed that. The and upheld that. Insane. That that was crazy to to actually review it and come back and have the gall to be like he was in the upward shooting motion is a fucking joke. That is quite literally the definition of the rip through. That everything about that is a rip through move. That was a horrible call. Thank God it did not burn the next night. Um, quickly, also like, dude, don't put your hands on Trey Young there. Come on. And just he he's approaching Frank territory with his confidence in his defensive instincts like i love it i love how i love the conf- i love the confidence but he needs to stop fouling shooters because he's he he doesn't have that reputation yet like the things he's doing probably aren't being called on the other side and that's probably where it comes from but he needs to recognize that he's hurting the team by fouling three-point shooters unnecessarily he fouled staps the other night he had two tonight uh, i mean he just he has to stop fouling three-point shooters yeah Yep, 100%. He's like, he's like getting too close. I get it. You want to try and cut like their the air off. Like you're not 
you're trying to make that release really uncomfortable that's fine it's obviously good intention and look we also know that like he is actually very good at contestant shooters it's just like like you don't need to necessarily like be inch perfect there you know what i mean like you can it's fine i don't think tim's gonna be upset if you're like you back up you know one or two inches instead of trying to like get it so perfect right it's fine yep um so next game is against the wizards of washington right it's washington and we get charlotte right so these are games like back to back this would be a really good game though to get rj back for um let's let's play a game how much do we beat the wizards by Oh God, Sam! Why are you doing this? <laughs> really tempting fate over here. Uh, I think the Knicks win by. Teams have been slacking them. I, I think the Knicks win by like sixteen. Sixteen. All right. Sam's disappointed. Sam's disappointed in that answer. He wants. He wants twenty-five. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, think, I don't think Grimes will play. That's. I'm a little worried about this Grimes thing. Yeah, I can see Grimes not playing. I hope. I mean. If RJ misses Friday, it goes from like, oh, that was cute to like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> get a different brain, dude. <laughs> do you have a do you have a, a brain tumor or something? Yeah. Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, I think the Knicks win by nine. Oh wow! So you think the Wizards cover, basically? You think we're gonna be double digit road favorites? No against way. the fucking Wizards. Dude, they were the Maverick. Do you know what the Do you know what the Mavericks line was tonight? It was like four and a half or something, right? In Washington, yeah. yeah. You think we're gonna? You think we're six points better than the Mavericks? Yes, I think we're a lot. No, right, maybe even if you're right, there's no way the books view us as six points better than the Mavericks. Perfect. Then we should be hammering the Knicks. Okay, yeah. Let's make let's make some money, Schwinn. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I think we win. Oh, by six because we're also going to play my other favorite game who goes off versus <laughs> us <laughs> uh it, we it, already it, know the answer we already know the answer it's kispert i i see your kispert too easy i i see your kispert and i raise you uh Landry one jordan pools i no. raise you one jordan pools breakout game <laughs> landry sammet I could see it being Pool's breakout game. Dude, without I mean that's a that's a reason to start DiVincenzo or quickly. If, yep. if there's no Grimes, Shut you need you need someone. Yeah, you need someone on pool to start. Whatever water he has left, at least. I don't do I don't know about you guys, but whatever you think of Jordan Poole, I don't think Hart's quick quick enough to stay with him. I think Hart might just like punch him in the face though. He's gonna end up like <laughs> fouling him a bunch. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think Jordan Poole is prime for a breakout game versus, especially given this 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 situation right now with RJ and his brain tumor apparently, and Grimes and his dislocated wrist slash fingers, whatever it is at this point. Like, um, I, ju- I just I just have to I just have to say I think I've never been a Jordan Poole guy. He's easily the funniest player in the league. Like, just like I cannot wait to watch this game Friday. I know Sam <laughs> saw it, but I, I know Sam saw it. But Twin, did you see the uh, the mon- the montage that was on Twitter like a day ago? <laughs> Legitimately, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I was just, I was dying laughing. That was hilarious. I am, <laughs> I'd be so pissed if that guy was on my team. Yeah, I would well, hate him. Draymond was so pissed he punched him in the face. <laughs> I understand why. I understand why. Like. That guy is a fucking clown, dude. You're in a timeout, just like 
who are you? Dude. Like, and then somebody made a TikTok going through his favorite Jordan Poole plays that that was going on Twitter today. It was so funny. This guy, the guy was like narrating it, and he showed like the the one play where he dribbled beyond the three point arc against the Celtics with his back to the basket, and then turned around and launched, and KP just swatted. Uh, he, uh, by the way, Th- Thibodeau. This is from Steve Popper. Thibodeau says. Bruised left hand for Grimes said he didn't know if yet if he'd gotten x-rays. That feels like it's probably not that bad. Um, uh, I said, let's go Friday. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, let's Gallo's see. a good one. JL said Gallo Ooh, might hit like six threes. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow. Gallo. Damn. That's a, I didn't even think it, of that. It, this road trip is so insane. So now we, we're at Washington. We get that stupid-ass 6 o'clock Saturday game uh, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, in the, Miles uh, Bridges gets to get his, you know his feet wet versus us. Yeah. We're going to need to tweet out like that. The Vince McMahon thing. <laughs> Come oh, out no. here. You rapist. You rapist. <laughs> Dude, the, the 30 for 30 on Vince McMahon is going to be wild. Like there's that one where he says the bad, the N word. Like what was that day? What was that? What was that day? Like, like uh, in the writer's room where Vince is like, Hey guys, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just throwing it out here. What if, you know, well, like, I don't think people actually understand the ad, like the attitude era, the shit that Vince was like putting out there was insane. Like he had a fucking story arc where Stephanie McMahon was fucking Val Venus. Like, yeah. I, like that was like a thing. Then there was the one where like Linda McMahon is in a coma and he's just like making out with Trish Stratus in front of her. There's the one where, uh, like the Triple H Kane one, where it would that the the one like Triple H, like bangs Kane's dead mom's corpse or something as it like, but he's a heel, so it's okay. You know, like it's funny, like what the fuck, man? There's just so much no, like the, shit. It's also it's the shit that you're like, I'm so happy that like this happened when it did because if this happened now, and I participated in watching it people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And like, it, Attitude Era Vince was like, I don't even know what's going on there. And it's like crazy that they're, you, you just know that like, in these meetings, people are like, wait, you want to say what? Yeah. Like, yeah, you want to do what? Like, what What are you talking about? Uh, did, you, uh, did, did, did you ever watch uh, Silicon Valley? Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I never finished it. Ah, okay. Never mind then. Uh, this is from JL. That Triple H Booker T. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> okay. So, 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 sorry. Mini wrestling rant here. So, Triple H basically gives the most racist rant in the history of the world. Like, his whole <laughs> promo was as racist as it gets, setting up for WrestleMania. And then Triple H goes over at WrestleMania. The, the, the storyline arc was racism wins. <laughs> and then, and then my, my other favorite, my, my all time favorite Vince McMahon is. So Shawn Michaels became really religious in like 2005, like super religious. So at one of the pay-per-views, Vince and Shane fought Shawn Michaels and God. It was a tag team match and Vince won the match. He pinned, he pinned God. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? Dude, I, I, this, like, again, you're just, all of that entire Attitude Era shit is so crazy like and it's like it got crazier it just like you're like oh no this isn't like oh mankind like 
I got thrown off of like a fucking hell in a cell. And like, I'm like, hey, that's crazy. But like, it can't get crazier than that, right? What if we had The Rock hit him in the head 18 times with the steel chair? What if we did dude, that? That's hard to watch. That's, dude. That he, one's crazy. That he one's nails him in the head with that chair, like the, over repeatedly. And his hands are cuffed together. He can't even, no, he can't even guard his head. It's just straight shots to the head. And then the other, the one that's absolutely bonkers is the, uh, the Ken Shamrock or not Ken Shamrock. Uh, fuck. Why well, can't I remember who it is? It's Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle. That match is so fucking crazy. I think neither of them actually remembers the end of it because they were like, cause the wall wouldn't break through when he's trying to like, like, like kind of like suplex him through it. So he did it like three times and it's like, fine. It's like, dude, what if like, Maybe just fucking adapt a little bit here. Like, like, just relax. Like, it'll be fine. You already fucked him up enough. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Wrestling. What a time. Yeah, All right. Not, what a great show this is. You can have so many. What, what kind of... T- who else has tangents like these? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um... So, did you guys pick who you think is going to go off? We all did, right? Um... I like the Gallinari for... one. I think we're going to go with Gallinari. Gallinari. I got pool. Shout out, JL. And Jeff Scott Kispert. Hell yeah. All right. And that's an in-season tournament game, right? That's supposed to have some type of extended meaning or whatever it is at this point. Um, sure. Is. Is, this, is this our second in-season tournament game? Yep. First can one they, versus the Bucks. Can they just stop? Can they get like a real name for it? Like really? Well, real? I heard Netflix wants to get the rights to it. So it's probably going to be called the Netflix, um, the Netflix Cup soon. <laughs> I'd be down for that. That would make it an event, though. That's good. That's like what they need to do. Yeah. Have a sponsor. And Netflix will probably of... not be annoying about streaming it. It won't be like, uh, oh, this is blacked out in your local area. Like, fuck you. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. I won't have to go to restaurants to watch <laughs> games against the fucking Hornets. <laughs> oh Again, God. I don't have that's, to. But... That's insane that like areas are blacked out like, because of League Pass. That's so stupid. So frustrating. League needs to do better. Is this this is our second one though, right? Yeah. So we yes. Yep. Second one. And I, think... who else is who else is in our group? It's the Bucks, the Wizards, the Miami, the Heat. Wow, fun. And I can tell you right now, it is. It's so I annoying that the Heat you. are in our group. Oh my god! And the Heat, they've like they're on this winning streak now. After like all their random players started playing well, like Jaime Hawkes is playing well. God, he's so annoying. It's like, the Bucks, the Heat, the Knicks, uh, the Hornets, and the Wizards. Oh, the Hornets and the Wizards. That's not too bad of a group. It's not. But so the our first game against the Hornets was that's fucking annoying. Why wasn't our first game against the Hornets a fucking in season tournament game? Yeah, it's so annoying that none of our Hornets games right now are vers- are for the tournament because like these are like these are good for like point differential too because that matters in this. Oh, shit. I forgot that. That's yeah, that's part of it. I think we get them at home though, because the Bucks and the Wizards both are on the road. So I think the Heat and the Hornets games are at home because it's only four games. Ooh, nice! Those nice bright orange courts. Can't wait to see them. <laughs> the Lakers are just like a bad basketball team right now. Yeah, they're pretty shit, and it's great to see Austin Reeves and, and, and Anthony Davis struggling right now. Cam Reddish <laughs> I mean, has more points than both of them. They're just kind of at the shows mercy the of Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Like, if Anthony Davis is great, they'll be fine. If if Anthony Davis has seven points on two of seven shooting, they're pretty fucked. Like, like how do you play bad? How do you play worse than Cam Reddish tonight? 
Like, uh, yeah, I mean, a number of players did, but yeah, I mean, you can't just like, they, they can't just be still like, Oh, please save us. LeBron. He's too old for this. He can't do it anymore. Like he can play pretty well, but can't yeah, save him 20, this. 21 points on six of 11 shooting eight assists, six rebounds, four steals and a block. And they're just getting crushed. He get, get, get the guy, get the guy a little help. Anthony, you're supposed to be the star. You're supposed to take the keys, buddy. Yeah, and I'm, well, I'm definitely not speaking emotionally because he's on my fantasy team and just fucking me over right now. Definitely nothing to do with that. <laughs> definitely oh, nothing to do with that. Oh, Lakers are trying to make a run. Well, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, shout out to everyone that's been rocking with us two hours strong, talking about endless amount of things after this wonderful Knicks win, going six and five. <clears throat> Um, join us Friday after the next in-season tournament game versus the Wizards. We will be right here, right back at you. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs. Oh. And we are in the midst of figuring out this super <laughs> chat thing. Um, does anyone know what happened to Adrian Griffin? I just remember he's on the Hawks. He might be uh, injured, he's, probably. He, no, he's, just he, he's, the, he's just out of the rotation. Yeah, he, oh, he and, is? and this is not that surprising if you were watching them last year. Like, Quinn Snyder cut his minutes almost instantly when he got there. Uh, so I think... I'm guessing it's something to do with his defense. He'd probably just Quinn Snyder is not a big it. Jesus fan. Also, maybe <laughs> also maybe part of it. <laughs> Quinn Snyder loves cocaine. Is what he loves. That is true. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. Make sure you guys join us on Friday for more interesting conversations like this. Um, after the Wizards game, we'll see who decides to go off versus us or not. See if we can beat the Wizards by forty or not um so yeah make sure you guys check out the links in the description we got links to the site merch patreon where you can see ship schwinn's show um strict and roll as well as jeff's and cons strictly nfl um those are among the many perks that you receive um under the patreon tiers um <clears throat> and we also got links to the twitter in our description so make sure you guys are following us on twitter um and yeah we'll catch you guys on friday enjoy the rest of your week You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.